It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. What a great show. Patrick Norton is here. Brianna Wu, both in studio. We're going to talk about the Baltimore City government being held for ransom. Hackers probably have your social if you ever bought a house. And the first gaming handheld with a crank is all coming up next on Twit. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit. This Week at Tech, episode 720, recorded Sunday, May 26th, 2019. Everybody loves furry Pikachu. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products, introducing the new Casper Hybrid mattresses, featuring their award-winning foam layers, but now combined with springs. You're going to love them. Get $100 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash twit1 and using the promo code twit1 at checkout. And by Cashfly. Give your users the seamless online experience they want. Power your site or app with Cashfly's CDN, and be 30% faster than the competition. Learn more at twit.cashfly.com. And by Captera. Find the right tools to make an informed software decision for your business. Captera is software selection simplified. Visit Captera's free website at captera.com slash twit. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech, the show where we cover the week's tech news. We brought a very estimable panel in to the studio today. Patrick Norton is here. Hey. Uh, techthing.com. This week in computer hardware. And apparently the Joliet Prison. Now, I'm glad you brought your souvenir This mug. is from your coffee mug collection, <laughs> sir. Mine says don't die stupid. Even better. Even better. Great to have you, Patrick, my Thank old you. friend from the Screensavers. Oh, wow. Also, in studio, I've never met her before. I've only done many shows together, Brianna Wu, candidate for U.S. Congress in the Massachusetts 8th. Hey, Brianna! Good to be here. So nice to see you. I know, this is surreal. I'm How do you do this without Frank moving your microphone in right, plate? Right, right. We just, we just show up. We just show up. <laughs> He's over in San Francisco. So. You were doing a campaign event. I was. You know, we obviously raise a lot of money from the Bay Area because this is the area that Techies. understands tech policy. Sil- exactly. Silicon Valley. And they exactly. really want somebody in Congress that they understands really do. tech. Absolutely. So we so good. Did it go well? Yeah, it went really well. Nice. Uh, standing room only. So that's a good thing well, for a campaign really event. News. Yeah. So uh, last year you were primaried out. Yep. This year, same candidates? Same candidate. Uh, professional team. We don't um, like this guy, by the way. The more I yes, hear about him, yes. the less I like him. I, I'm not a fan, you know, except Dan. You're running against him. I am. I am. Um, he's yeah, a we Democrat, actually, but that's He's a Democrat, but he's not a great Democrat. We actually raised more money from individuals than a 20-year standing member of Congress nice. did last quarter. I think AOC's uh, triumph in New York is a template. Because okay. she also beat a well-known machine, Paul. Absolutely. No one gave her a, a, a chance. Yep. And she trounced him. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And then the party kind of circled the wagons and changed the rules. So <laughs> it's hard for you know incumbents to come in. Large corporations have been paying millions to elect our people for years. How <laughs> dare people try to represent the people How at a local you? level? All right. Well, there are a lot of tech stories that you will have something to say about uh, that Congress can get involved in for sure. <laughs> uh, but you said you said as you were reading the r- rundown, 
how kind of blown away you were by the number of breaches we have this week. It's been week. a rough week for cybersecurity. Terrible. The biggest one uh, of not only of the week but of the year, I was reading Brian Krebs. Krebs on security does a great security <sighs> blog. On Friday, he tweeted, stand by. <laughs> Massive breach news. And he broke the story uh, of first American title. Now, I don't know if you've ever bought a house, but if you have, chances are pretty good that the title company, the company that kind of does the title insurance, maybe the escrow, was First American Title. They are, I think, one of the biggest, if not the biggest. They're a Fortune 500 company. They have 18,000 employees. Their revenue, $5.7 billion last year. So it's a big company. They had a little feature on their website. I think a lot of companies have, actually. I know, um, like, uh, a lot of sites, when you go to your uh, account, it's got a site name, you know, firstamerican.com slash question mark equals. And then there's a long number, your account right. number. <laughs> and one of the favorite things hackers like to do is decrement or increment that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, up by one, down by two. If I am 734944572, let's try 73. Turns out <laughs> you can, in fact, you could, in fact, do this with the links that you were sent with your title information. This would be your home application, including your social security number, your credit history, your driver's license image, your uh, home address, your email, your birth date, any possible kinds of information, the kind of information you give a title company when you buy a home. And by the way, not just the, the buyer, the seller. And it turns out that record, you could decrement and decrement all the way down. <laughs> Brian went down to 00000075, which was a title <laughs> record from 2003. Oh. And then incremented all the way up. And that's where he gets the number. 880,000 records. I mean, the worst breach since Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course... OPM was pretty bad. OPM also. But that one went to the Chinese, right? So they never put it on the dark web. So, hey, you're pretty secure. It's just the U.S. government and the Chinese government. And, uh, you know, it's pretty safe. (laughs) We don't know who, if anybody accessed this information, because it's been there since 2003. Yeah. Odds are pretty good. Yeah, because it's a common ploy, a common technique. Yeah. Um, it, it started the the really sad story. As soon as Brian uh, called them, they turned it off. So it's fixed. But the sad story is that a uh, a developer named Ben Shovel found it. And he said he tried to get a hold of First American. They just blew him off. Mm. Um, <laughs> so he ended up calling Brian. And Brian has a little more clout and uh, <laughs> was able to uh, to get them to pull it down. Yeah. But that's about as bad as you can get. Eight hundred eighty-five yeah. million plus. Well, documents. it also includes things like routing numbers. You know, yeah. uh, oh, I didn't even numbers. think of that. But you're right; yeah. it would yeah. include bank information, uh, tax information. It's all out there. I mean, I don't. You know, I've long said this. I don't think the the free market can solve privacy because neither the buyer nor the seller wants to pay for it. So, you know, in a situation like this, I don't know why they shouldn't face lawsuits for this. This is so unbelievably egregious. And, like, how this could go on this long without anyone, you know, like, uh, code auditing the system or taking a serious look at it. And the thing that really gets me about this story, Leo, is... 
you know, if you look at their Twitter account, they're radio silent on it, or at least they were the last time I checked it. And, you know, it's just if you're going to put everyone else's information at risk with this, they're they're just keeping their head down and waiting for it to blow over. They also might simply be so completely gobsmacked. Probably, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's interesting, right? Because, you know, one of the other big stories this week, of course, the attack on Baltimore. Right. Baltimore's been shut oh, down for like three, three weeks, weeks and climbing. Yep. Um, from a ransomware attack, but we'll get yep. into that in a minute. Yep. You know, but but half of what's going on right now, you know, when a lot of these attacks come out is the first thing you have to do is figure out if anything's been leaked. Can they trace yep. it? Can they find information that has been out there? They circle the lawyers. And this is, I mean, you could look at your, uh, your web logs if you had them going sure. back and see when those pages were accessed yeah. and how many times they were accessed and if they were accessed a long time after the transaction, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. That would be a giveaway. Right. Right. You know, assuming the crack team that put together the website also <laughs> kept, kept on logs. top of their logs. And I apologize if anyone out there is part of that crack team. Oh, no, but, no. But, the CEO but, of First America has paid $8 million last year. Oh, he can take the hit. Competency <laughs> and, and taking care of your customers has nothing to do with executive compensation. Let's I get love, that straight right now. I love this statement released by First American. Mm-hmm. It, you might, might sound familiar. First American, at First American, security, privacy, and confidentiality are of the highest priority. Unless we have to do anything. (laughs) We are committed to protecting our customers' information. As long as it doesn't cost anything. (laughs) We will have no further comment until our internal review is completed. Because our lawyers are freaking the delete expletive out. (laughs) Your information is important to us. Please hang on. We can't make the $5.7 billion a year we make if you don't continue to give us staggering amounts of information. They also could be trying to figure out, you know, can they fix it? What else is wrong? They probably have pen testing teams in there screaming through everything they can. Right. Because now that the horse is out, they should probably rebuild the fence the But this was not, the the, the sad thing is really, I mean, maybe they were also penetrated, but this didn't require a spear phishing attack and an advanced persistent threat. Just a web browser pretty much is all you need. So. I mean, what I think is so important about this is as I've, you know, as I've started running for office. Liability, please. Liability. Absolutely. We need liability laws on this. But I've talked to so many people that work on the InfoSec teams at these large corporations. And they've talked to me about why these disasters happen. It's typically not because the people in charge of the security architecture are inept or they don't care. The truth is they're not supported by upper management. So they'll go to management and say, we got a problem. And they get blown off and they don't have the resources. This is why I feel it's so critical that we up the legal liability there. When it's more expensive to do this wrong than it is to do it right, that's when you'll see them take this seriously. It all comes down to the bottom line. Of course it does. Although putting a password on each of those pages wouldn't have been that hard. No, it wouldn't have. I think the code monkey could have done that in a day. In Baltimore and beyond, this is the New York Times today. This is actually a great great writing uh, from the New York Times. Credit to Nicole Perlroth and Scott Shane. Um, As you know, Baltimore for three weeks now has been shut down by uh, ransomware. It's frozen thousands of computers, shut down email, disrupted real estate sales, water bills, health alerts, and other services. Here's the bulletin they put on the city of Baltimore webpage. The city of Baltimore is currently unable to send or receive email. (laughs) If you need assistance, call us. Um, The ransom, $100,000, city officials to their credit refuse to pay it. Uh And a side note, uh, I just read an article, I think it was on Motherboard, that a lot of the companies that get hired to remediate ransomware, what do they do? 
they pay the fine. Ooh. They add 10, 20 percent for profit. <laughs> really? Job done. Oh. So do not pay the Bitcoin ransomists, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> but here is what this is the great writing, uh, again, from the New York Times from Pearl Roth and Shane. Here's what frustrated city employees and residents do not know. A key component of the malware that cyber criminals used in the attack was developed at taxpayer expense a short drive down the Baltimore-Washington Parkway at the National Security Agency. This is... Woo! Peace dividend! <laughs> this is Eternal Blue. Uh, you remember this shadow broker's leak of a bunch of NSA exploits some years ago. I mean, never, NSA never really explained how it happened, although if you piece it together, it sounded like an NSA contractor decided to take those files home with him. So Not so he could steal them, but so he could work at home. He was running a Kaspersky antivirus on his machine. One of the things Kaspersky does is quarantine threats. Whether intentionally or not, Kaspersky recognized that the guy had a bunch of really good hacks on his machine so they quarantined him and sent him back to the home office which happens to be in moscow um the russian secret police apparently have people working at kaspersky it's unknown how close kaspersky is to the russian secret police but they certainly have access to those quarantine files and the rest is uh, is history the thing i said on the radio show today i think this and i wanted regular people here not geeks mm-hmm. is this is the problem the NSA, the top spy agency in the United States, the most security focused, these guys really know their stuff, couldn't keep this stuff internal for long. And you want us to put back doors in all the encryption. Thank you. Right? Right. If you can't keep these secrets, are you going to keep the back door secret? <laughs> you can't. Well, you couldn't even you can't. if you didn't. So So what that means is anything, any any weakness you put in any software is eventually going to be used by bad guys against the United States. And and this is, Leo, this is where I really want to give Microsoft credit because they really took a risk in moving forward. And, uh, you know, they well, came it, out... We should say Eternal Blue is an SMB exploit that right. takes advantage of S- an old version of SMB, Microsoft's uh, file sharing. Sure, technology. absolutely. But their legal team has come forward and they've had a lot to say about the NSA stockpiling zero-day weapons. And talking about how we need to have a, a national ban on them doing that. Because what happens is these zero days are out there. It prevents people from patching it. And rather than kind of using this for cyber warfare and being able to use it to get their own way, we should have them working proactively with Microsoft, with other architecture to plug these holes and address it. Because it's exactly as you said. It's just going to get you know weaponized against the American people. From the same article, Eternal Blue the SMB exploit that allowed these uh, malware programs to be mormable. So mm-hmm. that it's one thing if you get one computer in the Baltimore city government with ransomware, but what happens right. is it worm uses eternal blue to worm its way to all the right. computers. Yeah. Eternal blue was so valuable. Former NSA employees said that the agency never seriously considered alerting Microsoft about the vulnerabilities and held onto it for more than five years right. before the breach forced its hand. The breach was two years ago. So for seven years, that SMB one flaws existed. Right. right. So, but but Brianna, let me let me please, please counter please. you yeah. though. Clearly, you know, national warfare struggles, espionage is all going to become cyber based. Right. Absolutely. That's where we're headed. Right. If our, our. if our NSA are not our, headed. 
are. If our NSA is not allowed to develop tools to do cyber warfare, then aren't we tying both hands behind our back? I think it's a good argument for that. Have you read uh, Countdown to Zero Day about Stuxnet source? It's a it's what a, a great book. It's a fantastic book, and I I won't like go into all the details, but I will say. The the technical wizardry that they used to basically shut down the centrifuges in uh, Iran it was brilliant. Like it's a, it's certainly that kind of cyber warfare is going to no lives were lost, but it shut exactly. down their nuclear kind of an optimal yeah. solution. But there was a collateral, a lot of collateral damage <laughs> because this one. worm was spread all over the world. So, look, I'm it not. Is, by the way, right. if you fire up a Windows machine that is not patched for Stuxnet. You will get it <laughs> yes, because you it's will. endemic on the net. It's you just will. constantly out there. Right. Absolutely. So this isn't all or nothing, Leo, right? Like it's, we live in a dangerous world. We do need to take this seriously. But in this particular case, the NSA was unable to keep this safe. And I would invite well, you to, they, they yeah, to say please. for five years until somebody who deserves to get the there is no patch for a human stupidity t-shirt decided to take to do work from home. Fair and point. If you're, if you're working no longer... at the NSA, you don't take, I'm pretty sure. I mean, Fair I could point. be wrong. Rules may have changed. <laughs> I don't know anybody at the NSA that well, but we spent, you know, I got to spend a couple, you know, like a day with the NSA. They have some pretty, uh, they're, they're oh, uptight they're people. They're right. Smart. They're really uptight. Um, and they have <laughs> rules in place. And I'm pretty but sure. those rules didn't stop Edward Snowden. And then right. several years later, yes. did not stop. Well, there stuff. is no patch for humans. That could be the short version. Right. right. Um, you know, well, I mean, until the government is not run by humans, I think we got a problem. <laughs> I, I feel like we're not going to give up developing these tools. Right, right. But I think there is an analog here, and that is biologic weapons. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is also uh, a lot of incentive for governments to create biological weapons. But we have a, con- I don't know if it's Geneva Convention, but we have an agreement among governments Correct. that they won't do it. And the reason is these pathogens that uh, probably do exist in labs, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, should they get out? Would wipe out the population <laughs> of the uh, of the country, right? So, so there are restrictions on this kind of warfare. Maybe we need. Is it even po- is it even possible to get people like Iran, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, China, Russia to agree to some sort of cyber? moratorium i think if you're talking to people at the nsa if you're talking to infosec experts they are talking about this the united states cannot go it alone and solve these kinds of problems if we're talking about truly unilaterally disarming if we exactly so we've got to do exactly what you're talking about form form alliances with other nations we're so good at that right now (laughs) well it's not great but we, we we can change that we can change that so, you know, the truth is we just can't isolate ourselves. We need to engage with other people. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, it's so tempting to say, well, I mean, I mean, but, this is, I mean but this is all, but this, we is got all try, right? yeah. this is all yeah. one giant mess. You know, for example, Diane Feinstein hates cryptography fundamentally. I don't know how she, she to doesn't say it. get it. I don't know if she I think she totally gets it. But her priorities in terms of, you know, national security that's much more important to her than to, than maybe not every bank account in the planet getting hacked. Right. I mean, it's it's you know the the if you talk to people at, at different levels of government. I mean, one of the fun things about DefCon is who you run into drunk at two in the morning. Yeah, and people who are are at the front lines have a very different perspective from people at right. home. And if somebody spends their entire day going, yeah, well, we get you know we get hit by this, 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 and people are constant. There, the, the whole cyber warfare thing, you know, there's little skirmishes going on all the time. There's right. all sorts of mayhem going on. I just I just read an article about uh, there's a little island off of Manhattan mm-hmm. that uh, 
we do practice cyber attacks on the grid. Hmm. And it was just in the Times today, I think. And and every six months, they bring down the grid and see how fast we can get it back <laughs> up again on this island uh, that nobody's allowed to visit. It's a private, you know, military installation. I just want to bounce off what you were saying with uh, Diane Feinstein. Um, you know, she voted to reauthorize the Patriot Act. She mm-hmm. voted to basically, she's very against cryptography. In my experience, I think it's faulty thinking to think any particular political party is going to come to your rescue on this issue. Yeah. When I talk to I'm people... Not, I'm not talking about a political party. I'm sure. talking about one of the senators sure. from the state it's I gonna live be, in. But there it's going to be diametrically right. opposed right. to the companies that generate the majority of the revenue. Absolutely. In, in her state. And I think and like... a lot of the citizens. I'm maybe. running as a Democrat. I think it's time to for us to have a conversation saying we have not been good on this issue. And the axis of conflict here isn't one political party versus another it's informed versus uninformed yeah and then we just need to figure out how to separate all the special interests it's not just in the u.s though and that's the real problem because um uh eternal blue was first used by the north koreans they they used it uh to bring down the british hospital system the national health system uh that was the first use of it uh, they brought down German railroads, 200 organizations, 200,000, I'm sorry, organizations around the world. Russia used it with not Petya. So North Korea had WannaCry, which used Eternal Blue. Mm-hmm. Not Petya used Eternal Blue. It was aimed at Ukraine, but it ended up leaking out. FedEx cost them $400 million. Merck cost them $670 million. So right. these companies could reasonably lobby and say, look, we got to do something. But I think you also have to convince these countries. And I think it's a case of you have to say... The damage, the collateral damage to your... Inf- Problem is, how do you convince North... Yeah, here's, this, here's the island, by the way. How, have you ever been to Plum Island, Patrick? No. Off Long Island Sound? No. Well, you can't go there. Good. And, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's where DARPA runs war games for a massive cyber attack. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's, uh, it's owned by the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, major attractions are a defunct lighthouse... And a center that studies infectious animal diseases. Strangely, though, their power goes out every six months. <laughs> it's a it's an exercise. I suspect they Wait. fire up the generators, yes. the generators before they they run. You really the board shouldn't games. kill the power on the uh, bovine. No. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I think they probably warn them ahead of time. <laughs> so every six months, DARPA ferries ferries over experts on a ferry on a boat. Yeah. Who work to jumpstart a dead grid while warding off a series of cyber threats. At least we're wargaming this stuff. Yeah. We're preparing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you, Leah, I've had some scary conversations this year with people. Have you? Kind of secret, deep deep uh, background well, stuff? Well, I, I would just say sometimes you try to talk to people in positions of power about this and you expect there to be a certain amount of technological Knowledge. literacy and... Um, my experience has been it's not quite there. Here's the other issue. North Korea is like the Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. You know what I'm saying? They've yeah. cut themselves off from oh. modern technology. Yep. So you can't really say to them, well, you got to watch out. WannaCry could bite you too. No, it can't. Oh, so we just do an EMP above the country. No, don't <laughs> say that, Patrick. People will think you're serious. You Although they come not serious. Wouldn't them. It wouldn't affect them. They're the Battlestar freaking Galactica. (laughs) They're using phones with wires and dials. (laughs) We'll talk about EMPs later. (laughs) (laughs) Will it break those two? Does it break a fine Western electric phone made of hard rubber? That's a really good question. I bet it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) No neutron bomb will will blast that out of the uh, sky. 
Um, so the Department of Homeland Security last year issued a dire warning that state and local governments are getting hit by a particularly destructive malware that is relying on Eternal Blue. Microsoft, this is the Microsoft Center, the Eternal Blue Tracking Center. Mm-hmm. Notice they have one of those fine Surface Hub. Mostly I just like that at least one person's wearing like a camouflage thing. <laughs> you can't see me. I'm invisible right now. You don't know where I am. Well, it, it's... This is this seems this feels kind of staged. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It looks kind of staged, but it, it, it's funny, right? Because there's a there's a, a blog uh, that I love to read called Granola Shotgun, and what he talks about mostly is how things are evolving in communities and why big box. But he he walks through the sort of you know how towns and cities got to where they are with the ex-urban production and then how big box stores are dying and this sort of endless series well, they can't of, afford, of rings. I understand. It, yeah, My and that's what it's coming you know, they, they can barely run their own infrastructure yeah, without right. having to deal with upgrading. Welcome to Petaluma, where the housing office is open four hours a week. Oh. Good luck getting a permit. Oh, my gosh. And the streets are decaying because nobody has the money to fill the potholes. And but, this is yep. this is a typical exurb small town, you know. I mean, I, I think this is... I can't imagine what the cybersecurity is at City Hall. But, well, the answer is <laughs> it's like just North not... Korea. They don't have a network. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I mean, the answer is obviously that there's not going to be any, Leo. And this is why there's very clear, clearly a federal role to play in securing this. If the NSA is going to you know, stockpile these weapons, we need to have a process to be able to get emergency patches out. And that's why I do think we need to be funding free and open source software for you know, local city governments to use. Maybe Things, that's one solution yeah. is to stop using proprietary software. It, it's a nightmare. It locks Although, all these. Yeah. Open SSH was a mess for, yep. you know, we found out it had been a mess for years. Fair point. But as I've gotten to, as I've gotten to know every single, you know, independent government, they get locked into a different contract with another vendor. Then you've got technical oh, debt and mess. you can't swip yeah, it, yeah, swap yeah, it yeah. over. This is clearly a case for federal leadership. And the last thing I would say is, you know, I forget what year it was exactly. Was it 94 that we closed down the Office of Technology yes, Assessment that's the in Washington? Story. It makes no sense. Before. It makes no this sense. This was a very, I think, a very well-run agency that was yep. helping members of Congress understand technology. <laughs> <laughs> now they've got nothing. <laughs> now they've got Jack Dorsey. Yep. In an interview in March, Michael Rogers, the admiral who was in charge of the NSA during the leak, said this. Well, (laughs) I don't think he said, well, but he's thinking it. If Toyota makes pickup trucks and someone takes a pickup truck and welds an explosive device into the front and crashes it through a perimeter into a crowd of people, is that Toyota's responsibility? The NSA wrote an exploit that was never designed to do what was done. Um... Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. It's exactly what yeah, it was. Exactly. Yeah, I kind of think. Uh, Microsoft's response, Tom Burt, Corporate Vice President of Consumer Trust, said you can't compare cyber weapons to pickup trucks. <laughs> or the NSA to Toyota. <laughs> yeah. the uh, These exploits are developed and kept secret by governments. This is exactly what you were saying, Brianna. For the express purpose of using them as weapons or espionage tools, they're inherently dangerous when someone takes that, they're not strapping a bomb to it. It is already a bomb. Yeah, I was going to say, this is more like if somebody finds a bomb outside, <laughs> like on the front lawn, that fell off the NSA truck and then welds it onto their pickup truck, then I'm kind of getting the analogy, but it's... it's so there is... Uh-huh. I didn't know this, but at the end of the article, last year, Microsoft, along with Google and Facebook, joined 50 countries in signing on to a 
you know, call by French President Emmanuel Macron, the Paris call for trust and security in cyberspace to yep. end malicious cyber activities in peacetime. So 50 countries signed it, but who didn't sign it? China, Iran, Israel, North Korea, Russia, and the United States. Right. So the biggest actors, the yeah. ones that are most likely to get into a scrap, yeah, right. are not participating. And I understand why, because they say, but we don't want our hands tied behind Of course. I, it's not how I would go. It makes us more unsafe to not be working we with know other that. people. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. I think that there is an eternal optimism in these agencies that, no, 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 this time we'll keep it <laughs> to ourselves. This time nobody's going to get it's it. It's going to be time, fine. This time it's going to be fine. I really think that... The, that's how they. That's how they think, right? Yeah, we figured it out. We're not. We're locked it down. You don't worry. It's going to be all right. More often, it's more like, wait, what happened? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> he did what? Excuse me. Like, for some reason, I'm not sure exactly why. So Baltimore um, city officials, because <clears throat> they couldn't use their system, started using Gmail, <laughs> and then Google shut them out. Um, it's because. Uh, apparently the security systems detected the creation of several accounts in a short period of time and shut them down. <laughs> but Google is happy to say we've restored access to the Gmail accounts for the Baltimore city officials. Uh, it's because they created a million accounts all at once. So just next time that happens to your city, yep. slow. Just make one uh, every 15 minutes. Don't I think that's a valid edge case. You I know? think it's an edge yes. case. Yeah. All right. Oh, there's one more I got to do. Um, this is uh, an example of why we're screwed. <laughs> so uh, the Air Force is investigating the Navy. I saw this. I couldn't believe it. For a cyber intrusion into its network. This is a memo obtained by the Military Times. And apparently a Navy prosecutor decided to embed hidden tracking software into emails sent to defense attorneys, including an Air Force lawyer, involved in a high-profile war crimes case of a Navy SEAL in San Diego. The tracking device was an attempt to find out who was leaking information to the editor of Navy Times, a sister publication of the Military Times. It was also sent to Carl Prine, the Navy Times editor. <laughs> so the Air Force is treating this malware as cyber intrusion on their network <laughs> and, have, and have seized the Air Force individual military council's computer and phone for review. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. You the know Air I mean? Force is accusing the Navy of cyber warfare. Oh, gosh. There's no hope, Brianna. You sure you want to run for Congress? I do. I, I have to say there, though, like trying to figure out an information leak for military you know, use, that's not an unreasonable use of that kind of technology to me. I mean, that's high stakes there. They also define what it is, yeah. Because this could be just as you know, just as benign as something that calls like a lot of one uh, an invisible pixel or right. I mean, a lot of like for example, a lot of companies or PR companies or sales teams they actually you know automatically track the email they send out so they know if you open it, if you respond to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's incredibly common. Yep. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people use that. Yeah, you know. I want to be there for that. I want to be the, there for the JAG argument. Um, uh, let's take a break. Uh, great to have you, Brianna Wu, visiting uh, our little, our fair uh, coast, uh, running for Congress, U.S. Congress, Massachusetts 8th. Uh, Brianna, of course, is a famous game developer, but we don't call her Space Cat Gal anymore. <laughs> My team made me change it that on Twitter. It would not be appropriate. Yes, she is yes. at Brianna Wu on the Twitter 
Uh, but do you still do you do any technology stuff? I mean, are you still running that company? I or? wish. I hope we had a chance to talk about Playdate today. I saw that it uses Lua. I want to like learn that so I can. Lua is cool. It. Yeah, Lua is yeah, really a yeah. cool language. Yeah, it seems very easy yeah. to do. So. Yeah, it's kind of a nice scripting language. A yeah. lot of stuff. Photo uh, Lightroom is written in Lua. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't a lot know of that. stuff. Wow. You know that you see that a lot where the these uh, low level. Uh, no, these these programs are using uh, internal scripting languages because then it's easier to, you know, it's like Zork. Right. right? <laughs> you don't want to write that from scratch. You create the Zork interpreter language and then you write it. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. It's, yeah. a, it's a DSL, a domain-specific language. Mm-hmm. And Lua didn't, I don't think it started, maybe it did start that way, but... We're uh, we're thinking about putting out a game. We have it nearly done. Uh, basically about information warfare. Oh, uh, it's basically simulating. See, here's an opportunity. Yeah, to, well, to use the crank it, on the playdate. Yeah, well, not with oh. the playdate. This would be for iPhone. That but it's basically fun. it's about information right. warfare and you know, paid trolls and botnets and all of that to kind of say, hey, this is a serious problem. We're very uh, we have it written. It's just getting it out there. I signed so, up immediately nice. for. Uh, the I did too. Yeah. It looks so good. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Yep. We got three play days. We could have a play date. <laughs> Such a good name. It'll just be two hours of us Such cranking the name. handle. So uh, our show today brought to you by my mattress. I, you know I love Casper. Oh, I've loved my Casper for years. Casper is a sleep brand that was the first to say, first to realize that the mat, the markup mattress stores were making was more than 100%. Mm-hmm. And and the only benefit was you could lie on the mattress for five minutes in the broad daylight while a salesperson <laughs> looked at you like, what are you doing? Take your shoes off. Let alone really trying a mattress for what it's intended for. Uh, I'll let you fill in that sentence. But, but honestly, they said, we don't have to do this. We could sell direct to consumers. Some bright boy said... Uh, well, yeah, but wait, <laughs> how are they going to decide whether they like it? And they came up with this brilliant plan. Here's the new Casper mattress. I'm about to open it. They said, <laughs> you like my jammies? <laughs> yes. Uh, then they, they, said, um, they said, well, what if we let people try it in their house for 100 days? This is the brand new hybrid mattress collection. Now, rewind this for a second because I'm going to tell you something and you're not going to believe it. So, oh, wait a minute. Don't rewind it. Oh, that is comfort. look at that isn't that nice with your ll bean sheep slippers you recognize those didn't you they're wicked they're wicked good slippers i have those too yeah <laughs> they're so the best so let me tell you something about this mattress this is very different because in the past uh casper mattresses have combined foam and, and a variety of materials it's really creepy <laughs> he's dead <laughs> Look, oh, he's not dead. I got the kitty. I got the kitty. Oh. Kitty liked it too. That's Sammy. Um, <laughs> okay, I really thought they would fast forward this. I didn't think it would go this slow. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know what channel this is. Uh, it's like, what is going on? Who's that guy? The police. <laughs> what? Does he have a mattress in his foyer? Um, so the the deal is Casper is now making a new kind of mattress, the hybrid mattress Ooh. collection, which combines the pressure relief of their award-winning foam. But get this, it has springs. <gasps> what? Durable but gentle springs. Doesn't mean you, they still can't fit it in that surprisingly compact box. It doesn't mean you can't open it up just like I did and open it and, and the, you take it out of the bag. It's I, They must have one of those giant vacuum machines, you know, you have for like <laughs> yeah. when you... 
when you got a lot of meat and <laughs> only it's the size of a mattress? I have the small one. <laughs> yeah, I have the small one too, but I want a mattress-sized one. So they suck all the air out, so it's really compact. The new hybrid mattress collection, I have to tell you, is the best Casper I've ever slept on. It offers luxurious comfort and resilient support, elevated lift for active support, durability for all body types. Here's something I really like. So on some mattresses, when you're trying to get out of the bed, I don't know if you've noticed this, the edge is not stiff. And so the mattress, as you're getting out of bed, collapses. Yeah. And, you, and, you, and, you, yeah. and you sort of slide off. Yeah, yeah. it rolls yeah. you out. So they've got enhanced edge support. It has a firmer perimeter. So if you've ever had that experience, this this supports you as you're getting out of a bed. A security tub? It's like, yes, you have an edge. You could press up again. I don't know how to describe it, but it's awesome. You get added lift from the springs. There's still open cell foam, so it sleeps cool, which is really important. You don't want a hot mattress. Um, uh, the coils are, of course, individual, so the air can flow around them, but also you, you can sleep next to somebody and each have your own kind of comfort zone yeah i just i think this is the best mattress they've ever made uh it's so soft and comfortable the only sad thing is we already had the casper and foolishly i told our my brother-in-law oh you, you know we're getting one but you could have it so he, by the way it's gone he took it within minutes <laughs> <laughs> joe and debbie just it's gone i said Wait, where'd it go oh no they took it so now I want to get another one. You this, gave it to them. Well, I have the original Casper, which I love. I did give it to him. I didn't know how much I'd like this one. And have you tried the glow light? Have you seen that? No. no. That's so cool. So I, it's not a, not a mattress. It's a light Casper cells. Oh. That is, it, it, you could, it's, it's hard to describe, but you can lift it up off. It's not connected to anything. It's got a battery. And it glows and it will dim down as you're going to sleep. And then in the morning, it slowly comes up like the sun slowly comes up. If you have to go to the bathroom, you pick it up and you shake it. And it gives you a very dim glow that you can get to the bathroom and back. Oh, my god! It's hard to describe. It's wow. really, anyway. I think this is not a, this is like a side business. But that just shows you they've got engineering to spare. Yep. A lot of brains. Because you know why they got brains? They get good night's sleep. <laughs> if you don't get a good night's sleep, you're not thinking. You're not thinking solid. So here's the deal. You can get $100 towards select mattresses when you go to casper.com slash twit1. Use the promo code twit1. I should say, I didn't mention the most important part. You've got 100 days to sleep on this. If you say at any time in those 100 days, I, yeah, I want to go back to my old mattress, they come and get it. You don't have to fit it back in the box. Because <laughs> unlike Patrick, we don't have mattress-sized vacuum sealers. <laughs> So they come and they get it, and they refund you every penny. So there's literally no risk. A hundred days to sleep on it. I love this new hybrid. This is try. It, well, yeah, try it out. I guess that's what you say. Free deliveries and painless returns in the U.S. and Canada. A 100 night risk free sleep on it trial. You gotta love Casper. They just keep they knock it out of the park and continue to do so. Save a hundred dollars towards select mattresses by going to casper.com/twit1, entering the promo code twit1 at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you, Casper. Thank you for a good night's sleep. I really, there's nothing like it. And I thank you for supporting us by using that URL. Casper.com slash twit1, promo code twit1. So you brought up so we can talk about it. Yes. The first gaming console with a crank. <laughs> this is, you know. I love this. First of all, it's from Panic Software, who I have loved for years because they do Transmit and Coda. Mm -hmm. They're a Mac software right. company. Yeah. Not a hardware company, a yeah. Mac software company and then came firewatch firewatch yeah. what's firewatch they do that is that yeah. hardware yeah they made firewatch it's a game 
Yeah. Just, just go home and buy when you're done with the show. Oh, it's a game you can play. It's, it's a software. So it's not it's not like a very competitive like shooter game. It's a yeah. it's a story based game that oh, is it. it's slower and it's meditative. It's it's, it's very the, meditative. It takes place it's in good. the Wyoming wilderness. It's worth your time. Oh, okay. So they obviously like Casper. They have engineering cycles to spare. <laughs> so when they're not writing. $50, $60 FTP software, which, by the way, Panic Transmit, <laughs> it's a must-have. Very much worth yeah. it. It doesn't break. It's like, <laughs> wait, wait, are you saying developers should make money so that they can eat and continue well, to yeah, provide but, excellent but software? But who would think you could, you know, you have every computer comes with FTP built in. And yet. Mm. And yet, I bought it. I've always, I love all of this. But stuff. part of what's crazy stuff. about Playdate is is the idea there's, the console is like a hundred, console, the handheld, whatever we're it's calling it. It's a widget. yellow, it's a Game it's gorgeous. Boy. Yeah. Um, it's black and white screen. 150 bucks. Yeah. It's kind of e-ink, I hear. Yeah. And they're going to yeah. do a flight of... It's a high-resolution black and white screen. Um, just let that settle in for a second. <laughs> um, where do you even find a high-resolution black and white but screen? But with the price, which is not cheap, by the way. you get It's 150 bucks. Okay, I guess that's kind of cheap. You know, I mean, you drop that at, a, at dinner how many nights a week? Yeah. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it comes with... They're calling it like a, a season or a flight of 12 games. Yeah. One a month for a year. Yeah. Is that right? Is no, it, it's like one a week. get them all at once? Yeah, they're going to release once a week. They once already week. paid people oh. to develop these little mini games. So. Some are long, some are short, some are experimental, some are traditional. And but you like, want to write it because it's in Lua. You could yeah, write one. Yeah, I thought it would be a lot of fun. Um, it yeah. would be fun. Now I want to write one. <laughs> one, of my, one of my complaints about the, the video game industry, you know, I work with Unreal, which is a giant, unwieldy engine. Um, I really feel like with creativity, limits limits really help you make a better product. Like I always think about that. Have you ever seen Dr. No, the original James Bond movie? Yeah. That great first set in there where uh, Dr. Strangways comes in. It's got that great light yeah. on him that terrifying. It's just a table in the room and the light up there. That happened because they ran out of money for that set. <laughs> no. It's the most striking shot with that. You know, limitations can really help creativity. So the way I feel is, you know, I, I was looking on my PlayStation 4 and looking for games to buy this month. And I'm bored with everything our industry is shipping. And I just really love this idea about putting out a, a really small like graphically bad handheld with uh, that's all about the gameplay and these right. cute little gimmicks. I think it's it'll be fun. One game a week for 12 weeks. A yep. little LED flashes when a new game comes out. You have no idea what it's going to be. Yep. Um, you know, the, the Kranken's Crankin's time travel adventure uh, is is basically the guy that developed um, Katamari Damacy. Great game. It's like the, yeah, and it's just like, <gasps> and the list of game developers they have is really, really cool. Yeah. Apparently, they're doing a game, too, called Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> it's a lovely morning in the village, and you are a horrible goose. Oh, this is like uh, that goat game. It's exactly like <laughs> I like the goat game. The co -op people, because co-op people are evil. Co-op? It's co -op. a game by House House. Is that the co-op people? I can't remember. All right. Here it is, the Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> I love the name, by the way. It's coming to the Switch and computers. So, Panic... Sounds like Panic did not write this, but they're publishing it that's what it looks like it's a very interesting business model are they australian i feel like they are i don't know i don't know i don't play date or you mean uh uh panic, panic? yeah they're in portland oh close <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was thinking everybody like australia yeah. but just north of us <laughs> <laughs> about 11 hours wetter i could walk there More faster than populated. they have a soccer team yeah. they're still somewhat upside down <laughs> So this is a bad goose. 
I love the uh, the graphic style. Looks a little like Ten Ten or something. And the music. So anyway, I do think I completely agree with you that it's it's nice to know that there's room for kind of indie, quirky indie yeah. stuff, creativity. Right. right. Yeah. And the the budget to develop something like this, like there's a hard limit to how much that's going to be on something like Playdate. So yeah, I mean, 150 bucks, you can't really, you can't make much, you can't do much with. With that, I do think it's worth saying. Um, you know, they haven't really established a dev pipeline to get on the device. They haven't really talked about the store, right. how that will work. There are a lot of questions left about this device. So. Kind of like a Kickstarter, yeah. Exactly Except they like didn't that. ask for money yet. You <laughs> can yet. only only your email address. Yep. Turns out, according to Engadget, Facebook tried to buy Panic, but failed. Wow. Uh, this is this is actually in uh, in Edge magazine. So let me actually let me go to the Edge story since they they came up with this. It is it's deep within the story apparently. <laughs> but um, let me see. Oh wait, wait a minute. Here's something brought to life by renowned Swedish industrial design firm Teenage Engineering. <laughs> so that's who's designing the play date. That's who designed basically came up with the idea for the crank. So the crank is a UI. It's a it, you got the normal uh, uh, plus button, and then the, you know the the cross keys, and then the normal A B keys. But there's crank, and they say the crank will be gameplay will involve the crank. I I suspect that's going to get very gimmicky very quickly, like the yeah. 3ds 3D screen. Yeah. I, I I don't see a lot of people using that. They got Amy Henning, who did uh, the co-creator of It'd the be great for Uncharted driving series. games. That's true. <laughs> What what game? What crank you, up your car before? What do you, no, yeah, what do you use steer, a crank for? It's a steering wheel. Okay. Yeah. Just just think of it as any game that that you can that you use a joystick in a circular fashion. I think like old time movie <laughs> camera guy. See how still you can keep the camera while you're cranking the film. Well, what's interesting about the the first game is the, they're using the crank to allow their character to move slower or faster than real time oh, while all of okay. the obstacles are coming at the character. Oh, so it could be like a time turner speed. Kind of. Yeah, okay. it literally is a, a sort of time-shifting game. But, I mean, it's also, again, <laughs> I've got, okay, two buttons, a thumb pad, and a crank. What can we do with this? <laughs> yeah. Right, you right. Know? It's um, exciting to start thinking about that. So, uh, it's, Zucker... It's the crank is a D-pad, but is, can be used as a, a D-pad with, not, with no up and down. I think you're overthinking this. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of uses for it. <laughs> um, what's, uh, yeah, I hope I get one. I mean, I imagine they're going to be sold out very quickly, right? Play.date if you want to quickly get on the list. It's yellow. It fits in your pocket. It's got a beautiful black and white screen. It's not super cheap, and it's not super expensive. It includes brand new games from some amazing creators, plus it has a crank. <laughs> it's very Swedish. I don't, you know, I'm very Portland. curious. Portland. Portland. Yeah, the, the, the designer's from Sweden. Am I, didn't I just say that? I yeah. thought I just said that. Yeah. Saved that. I saved that. Um, okay. Fascinating. And you want to write games for this, Brianna, because... If I have time. You'll be sitting in Congress yes. in the House. I know what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. You're going to be sitting there. You're going to stop by the candy desk, picked yeah. up some candy. Yeah. You're sitting there. They're waiting for a cloture vote. You're gonna. Ha We're gonna see you on on yeah. C-SPAN. Wait a minute. What is, what is going on down there? Is is Representative Wu? What, what is she cranking something? 
What is going on? The sergeant at arms is coming over. I, I don't know. You're going to have to get a, a permission to. I think so, is there, are there, there limits on what you really can want do to know? Is if you get elected and yeah. you're wandering by the desks during yeah. a vote, how many people are playing games under the desks? Oh, we want to know the inside. We want to bust every one of them. We want the story. That's the <laughs> this is what I want you to think about a speech and how many Final Fantasy references I will drop <gasps> in a speech. Oh, I would the, vote for you just for that. This could be great. Like you know that uh, the Patton Oswalt thing where he comes as out Zelda and once his, told me. Yeah. <laughs> like the epic like Star Wars Star Trek crossover that he does to filibuster the a town meeting. Thing, yeah. I'm gonna do that. It's gonna be great. Oh, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> I hope to twenty two hours and we're up to the beginning of chapter two. I hope to God they get you get elected. I just think this is gonna be very exciting. Um all right. I we had a little that was a little amuse bouche. A little sorbet, a little refresher. A palate cleanser. A palate cleanser in between the havoc <laughs> that is today's tech news. Um, I, we mentioned last week that Grindr, uh, that the uh, Cepheus, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, yeah. is ordering uh, the Chinese company that bought Grindr some years ago to sell them. And in the meantime, not to put give any data to the Chinese yeah. Um, well, now we know why. <laughs> it, it turns out that Beijing Kunlun Tech Company, which uh, took control in January of last year, uh, stepped up management changes, consolidated operations, cut costs. In the process, some of the company's engineers in Beijing got access to the Grinder database for uh, a few months. Now, Grinder, uh, in case you don't know, is a gay dating app. It's Tinder for gay people, right? Uh, and of course, I think the real concern is blackmail. Yeah. If you're a closeted uh, member of Congress or in the defense, to- well, it also includes information on HIV status. I mean, there's a lot of incredibly That's personal information. Yeah. Very personal. Um, yep. Um, it could be used against you. It could be used for blackmail. It could be all, all sorts of things. So I, I, I agree it should be sold, but I think now we know that the security was very lax. Yeah. Reuters, uh, which reported this, found no evidence the app's database was misused. Nevertheless, the decision to give engineers in Beijing access to Grindr's database was, well, a misstep. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons Cepheus said, yeah, you're going to be selling that. I mean, I think that's very clearly a valid worry that people Absolutely. could be blackmailed or extorted about that. And, you know, it's not just Grinder. That's not the problem here. It happens with large data aggregation. And we need to be thinking a lot more critically about Facebook. Can, about Facebook. I got some things to say about them. <laughs> I got some yeah. talk. You got some talking. To- so um, that is one thing that I've been told by security experts is if you don't see the data, for instance, from this first American title breach, if you don't see it on the black market on the dark web mm-hmm. then it was almost certainly china hmm. because that's what happened to the opm data that's what happened to the anthem insurance data it just disappeared hmm. like the data was exfiltrated but disappeared wow. and the theory is the chinese government is using it to track agents to to blackmail to keep an eye on chinese citizens abroad that kind of thing hmm. and so that's why they're breaking in i would bet you the first american title Actually, there's no breach there yet. There's just a flaw. Yeah, we don't know any <laughs> we reporting don't know. on that. We don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye peeled. Uh, Chinese students, as long as we're talking about China. And then we'll get to Huawei. Oh, there's a lot to say there. There's a lot to say about Huawei. Uh, this is tragic. Um, 
Chu John Xuan, a Chinese student, leader of the Marxist Student Association in Peking. Chinese students apparently are making farewell messages, videos, uh, among, uh, amidst crackdowns on uh, labor activism. I could, I could show you. It's in Chinese, so it probably uh, wouldn't communicate to most of us. But uh, he, this is a way of saying, you know, he's saying I was interrogated, I was tortured. Uh, it was done on campus. Yeah. He says, if I disappear, it'll be because uh, of the Chinese uh, secret police, yeah. Beijing police. He disappeared April 29th. Mm. It's very uh, reminiscent of Tiananmen Square. You know, yeah. that happened when I was just mm-hmm. a kid. It was all about people wanting to be able to express political opinions more openly. And I think it's very notable, like China has actually, that's one of the most scrubbed incidents on the Chinese incident is Tiananmen Square. They just refer to it as the Tiananmen incident. Yeah. Um, it's very, very troubling. So I say, I mentioned this only to, underscore that uh, the Chinese government has not a great history of human rights and yeah. so forth. Yeah. So when we talk about Huawei, it's somewhat understandable that maybe I mean, I, I can if, if the US government or the defense agencies have evidence that Huawei was co- co-opted by the Chinese government, that they might become uh, adversaries, whether it's industrial espionage, uh, or cyber warfare that that yeah. would be reasonable to say we got to stop using Huawei oh, stuff, yeah. and that's kind of what's happening uh, at this point. Huawei is persona non grata in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Started last week when President Trump signed uh, an executive order banning the use of Huawei uh, gear in the uh, and oh, actually, what he banned was selling United States companies selling their gear to China to mm-hmm. Huawei. Mm-hmm. which pretty much puts Huawei out of business. Shortly thereafter, Google said, okay, no Android license. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did subsequently say, well, we're going to give you 90 days and we're going to keep giving you patches. But it doesn't. I don't know if that 90-day... This is part of what's so confusing Maybe, about this, so, is this back-and-forth yeah. thing. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm correct about this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it was the, the U.S. Uh, Department of Commerce, and then they were added to the entities list. And the entities list is basically a list of companies... The American companies are forbidden to do business with unless they have a specific right. written exemption with that. Okay, you know, you know the the politics. And I mean, the, the the thing about the operating system is probably the least troubling thing. So they can replace the operating system, um, and more importantly, they can get access to it because it's so much of it is open source. Uh, Arm licensing has apparently been shut down. Yep. So Arm, the English company, has said now we're going to withdraw the license. Qualcomm which makes ARM chips used by uh, Huawei, says mm-hmm. we're not going to sell you any more chips. Huawei makes its own Kirin processors, right. but those mm-hmm. are ARM chips. Yep. Uh, Huawei can't use micro SD cards in its phone. Huawei can't buy Gorilla Glass from Corning. Mm-hmm. Huawei, I mean, Huawei can't buy memory from Micron. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the order, which Trump signed Wednesday, prohibits the purchase or use of any communications technology produced by entities controlled by a foreign adversary and likely to create undue risk of sabotage of U.S. communication systems or catastrophic effects. So that means we can't buy their stuff. The Commerce Department now has 150 days to produce rules that can identify particular countries or persons as foreign adversaries. Uh, According to Politico, that's very likely going to name China and Huawei or both, or, or either or both. So, Leah, I feel like I have a lot to say about this. Um, 
Can you I know, say one yeah, more please, one please, more please, thing? Please, go ahead. Then yeah. I'm going to give you a chance because yeah, yeah, yeah. the latest uh, is an uh, um, interview <laughs> with Donald with so Donald bad. Trump. Yes. Um, this is awkward. This is yeah, bad. this was Thursday afternoon. Remember, uh, Trump addressed the press and was asked about Huawei. This is what the president said. Huawei is something that's very dangerous. You look at what they've done from a security standpoint, from a military standpoint, it's very dangerous. So it's possible that Huawei even would be included. Wait a minute. Now, this is where, okay, got it. (laughs) They're very dangerous. Then the next sentence is, so it's possible Huawei even would be included in some kind of a trade deal. If we made a deal, I could imagine Huawei being possibly included in some form, some part of a trade deal. Reporter. How would that look? Trump. It would look very good for us. Reporter. But the Huawei part, how would you design that? Oh, it's too early to say. We're just very concerned about Huawei from a security standpoint. So there's two different things he's saying here. Right. One is they're dangerous. The other is, well, once we have a trade deal, they're not right. so dangerous. As if that will be included there. Is, so this is my all along been my concern. And then, I'm, Brianna, I'm going to ask what you think. But... All along, my concern is it's unclear because we haven't been given evidence. Is we know Huawei's kind of a crappy company. I mean, we've, we've Father Robert said, yeah, they were the Huawei guy was wandering around the trade show taking pictures of the competitors' stuff. Yeah. They've been, you know, they've been caught doing nasty, you know, not right. such great stuff. Yeah. Not, not, you know, corporate espionage, not security mm-hmm. stuff. I Normal also everyday scumbag. Normal, <laughs> many companies. You know, one of the accusations is they flew tech reporters. To Paris and London. <laughs> well, every freaking company. I get offers every week. Go to, hey, how'd you like to go to Computex? All expenses paid. I mean, that's very common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, I don't know if, I don't know if that's, I mean, it's not good, but it's not national security bad. Right. They haven't shown us national security evidence, but maybe they can't because that right. would reveal sources. Yeah. So, uh, so I understand. Sources and methods. Yes. I think it's really important to go back in time here and kind of establish a timeline. Here. Okay, good. So, you know, let's let's think back with 2016 and Goosefer 2.0, like basically penetrating the Hillary Clinton campaign. And that was, we now know, Russia, GRU. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So information security on these devices, this is a very legit concern. And I want I want to tell you, Leo, I have gotten warnings uh, to not use Huawei devices on my campaign, to not let from anyone whom? from the Democratic National Committee, as suggested by uh, our intelligence agencies. And the DNC is rightly a little jumpy about this. They're after after 2016, it's a valid concern. So I want to I want to preface my remarks by saying InfoSec, like cybersecurity, this is 10 out of 10 important. It's the right thing for us to be thinking about as a country. But what is the evidence so far that Huawei is spying on the United States? There's nothing. There's nothing in the public domain. There's not been any evidence shown to us or any kind of information security person that we can point to and say this is an unusual threat. The best thing that they've they've come up to show is basically different forks of Huawei software could potentially be, you know, code signed in a malicious way and weaponized was against the us. the UK stuff or the Vodafone it was stuff? The, it was the UK stuff. You know, again, a valid concern, but if every single company that is, like, not doing cybersecurity correctly um, is going to end up on this entities list. Like, this could be a lot of people out of business in the United States. Plus the um, title company. Right, exactly. And I, I really want... I want you to think for a second, what happens if China does this back to us? 
What happens if China says, you know what? Uh, if you're a Chinese company, you can't do anything with Microsoft software or Google software, or they decide to throw um, Apple out of their country again. Like, this really could be a, a digital cold war. But the fact yeah. that it could backfire against us shouldn't stop us from doing the right thing. Of course. It's the right problem, and it's a wrong approach. What Show, would you suggest? Well, Huawei, what they themselves have come forward and said is like, look, we understand you have concerns. We're willing to let you in, show you our hardware, show you our software, mm -hmm. allow a code auditing like process. It's worth pointing out it's very hard to prove a negative. And it's very hard to prove that there's not a secret backdoor in hardware or software. But it's, it's a step in the right direction. So I think we should, if we have concerns about spying, I think we should bring them in, should try different solutions to verify that this is not being used maliciously against us. And then if we have to take it to DEFCON, you know, DEFCON 4, we can. But I don't think we're there yet. It is this is the other price is so difficult because and Trump just really confused it because if he said security, 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 I'd right. feel more comfortable. Yeah. But when he says security, security, but oh, if we make a trade deal, never mind. That really sounds like it's a good possibility that this is purely political. Right. On the other hand, uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, in fact, there's really no reason to allow uh, Huawei or any Chinese networking gear in because mm -hmm. most of that is software-driven and there's nothing yep. to stop them. Maybe Huawei is completely pure as a driven snow right now. There's not a lot of evidence that they are, but let's say they are. There's nothing to stop the Chinese government in a month from saying, oh, by the way, here's some little code that you could insert into the switch. Right. Would, you know... <laughs> well, okay, you so, want to not so disappear? Use this. One, I mean, there's also been a lot of anecdotal evidence that come out and that has come out and one of the things that has come out in some cases is you will find that stuff that has been shipped from factory x from company x um has been rerouted and things have been manipulated added or boxes have been opened somewhere in between leaving the factory and, and hitting the classic the supply chain probably. yeah and it's it's i mean it's interesting right because there's there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of places for the wheels to fall off yeah. there's a lot of places for things to go wrong um, code is incredibly complicated. Um, maintaining code is incredibly complicated. Like, oh, wait, did we just forget to update the code or right. did we put the wrong code on that one because some technician was up for 22 hours uh, right. trying to, you know, get everything packaged for the delivery and screwed up and installed the wrong software? It's really, really messy. Yeah. Um, Imagine if someone got the code signing on it and they passed an update right. to it with the back door. It's but. The, the the solution here isn't to blacklist one company here. It's for us to have a really serious conversation as a nation about cybersecurity, to work with other nations, to develop a framework about this stuff. And that way it's not just American safe. It's people all over the world. This isn't just an American problem. This is a worldwide problem. Yeah. Can we blacklist five more companies? <laughs> well, this, yeah, by the way, the U.S. apparently, according to Bloomberg, is considering blacklisting five Chinese Video companies, none of which I'd I'd ever heard of. Go to Amazon, look for a cheap camera. Well, that's the thing them. is, there's a lot of those cameras on on Amazon. Yep. Uh, many of them may not be branded with those particular brand right. names. Yep. Here's a Russell Brandom writing on The Verge. It's a it's it's a convincing case when it comes to restricting Huawei's role in network infrastructure, as, mm -hmm. as I just yep. said. And it's a case a number of officials have made in that context. But it makes a lot less sense for exported hardware. Why shouldn't Corning Glass or Micron Flash Memory be sold to Huawei for use in phones 
They're not even bound for the U.S. They can't sell them. They don't sell them here. They're bound for Europe. Right. So the infrastructure security argument makes no sense for those phones. Uh, and if the problem really is just that China has a history of intellectual property violations, which is what President Trump says, and trade secret theft, the same logic could easily apply to other Chinese companies like Lenovo and drum maker DJI with catastrophic consequences for those companies in the industry at large. Most of these companies make a, the, a lot of money on the West, mm -hmm. and particularly on the U.S. Uh, we know ZTE pr is practically non-existent after the similar restrictions uh, mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I could imagine Huawei, even though they're, they're, pl they're pluckily saying, no, no, we can, we can soldier on. We don't need Android. We don't need your stinking corning glass. We don't need... We've, we've been stockpiling parts for years. We can continue on. Well, they have like three months worth of parts, probably. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's also, it's, you know, they also, I mean, part of what, you know, to, to muddy the waters even further, you know, one of, the, one of the arguments about this is, oh, you know, the real challenge is that, you know, they're trying to clear the way for American companies or other companies to create the five, basically all of the 5G hardware right. that's going to run the network. And right. they don't want that into, I mean, there's, there's been the, they're, they're clearing the path for other companies so that Huawei doesn't get all the business by the fact that uh, Huawei's prices may actually be cheaper or their tools, blah, blah, blah. There's the other one that's like, oh, the American government is pissed because uh, the Chinese government will have the back doors instead of the NSA having the back doors at right. the switch level. I mean, the, the number of, because there's no hard information, yep. the number of backstories and conspiracies on this just, you know, it just, it, it, you know, every couple of weeks somebody's got another theory. Could, uh, can I say something about that? It's utterly legit with 5G, though. Like, there's a right. philosophical difference that the, the Chinese government wants to embed certain kinds of technologies within the 5G infrastructure code for the standard they are advocating mm -hmm. that will allow them to basically backtrace who says what. Right to basically track where uh, communications come from. The American standard that we're pushing for is far more privacy-oriented. So, again, my, my solution to this is we can't We've seen this in the EU, this danger of balkanizing. Right? I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah. you know, you know, create the perfect device for ruling a, you know, an authoritarian state of and course, you'll right. be able to spy on everyone else in the world right, if well. your equipment is deployed. So, as well. I, I, yeah. It's completely possible to me, in fact, seems likely <clears throat> there is a security threat. Mm -hmm. The Trump doesn't really understand that. He understands trade, so he right. conflated the two. Yeah. Uh, and that if he would try to make the resuscitation of Huawei uh, an agenda with his trade agenda, that the intelligence agencies will say, no, no, Mr. President, you can't do that. <laughs> um, so I guess we could take that part out of the equation. Sure. Here's what Bloomberg said, and this is actually scary. The, Bloomberg's headline is the tech Cold War has begun, and this is how they wanted it. China now has no choice but to pursue technological independence and will burn the cash to achieve it. Stratechery, uh, Ben Thompson, who lives in Taiwan and is very familiar with the Chinese uh, culture across the uh, straits there, uh, says this is, this is something China's been preparing for. It is a, actually a very Chinese thing. This goes back to the Boxer Rebellion and, and China closing its doors to the West. Mm -hmm. Culturally, I think, and I may be, I'm no expert, but culturally, I think there's a long history in China of rejecting the West yeah. and say, we are the middle kingdom. We're the center of the world. We don't need you. Mm -hmm. And I in fact, if they decided that, I think what would 
show up is maybe they don't need us, but we sure as hell need them. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah. that's a big problem. You were talking about it before the show, rare earth materials. Well, the, yes. ra- the rare earth is probably a McGuffin. A bigger issue is like, where are all of our laptops going to be manufactured? Yeah. And our smartphones. Yeah. I and mean, our game consoles. Yeah. India. And our televisions. <laughs> India, Brazil. Yeah. South Korea. I mean, but it's, I use but a, it's, a Samsung but part phone of it's, made in it's South It's not. Korea. It's not as simple as just relocating a factory. There is a massive collection of businesses, you know, that that all work together in that region that give them at this current state some pretty significant advantages in in terms of producing electronics in a yeah. timely and efficient. Uh, Tim Culpin writing in Bloomberg says even the briefest of bans will be proof to them that China can no longer rely on outsiders. We can now expect China to redouble efforts to roll out a homegrown smartphone operating system, design its own chips, develop its own semiconductor technology, including design tools and manufacturing equipment, and implement its own technology standards. This Now, they've got the resources to do that. Whether they'll do it well, I don't know. But this can only accelerate, he writes, the process of creating a digital iron curtain. Right. That separates the world into two distinct, mutually exclusive technology spheres. That doesn't, on the face of it, seem like a very good thing. It doesn't. We're seeing a balkanization of the internet with Already. recent EU Splint- policy. Splinternet, yeah. they call it. <laughs> Splinternet. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I do want to just say, um, and, and this is this is not my opinion. I'm just sharing my father-in-law's opinion, who is, you know, he immigrated here from China. I, I would ask most Americans to take a breath and to realize Many Chinese people feel an immense sense of pride with Huawei. It's the company that's mm. kind of gone toe-to-toe with Apple. They, they do consider it a, a national treasure. Currently the number two phone manufacturer in the world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, my instinct here is we should be working with these people and trying not to balkanize the entire technology industry. Uh, and and I, I think you can make a case that our national security is better served by free and open trade with an adversary yep. than by closing the doors. Entangled interests, as absolutely. Lo- exactly. As yep. long as China has an economic interest in the United States, it's highly unlikely that they're going to attack us. Right. Uh, and so it, it worries me. It it feels like the wrong direction. I agree. And I don't want to underestimate the, da- the cybersecurity dangers Huawei uh, presents to our network and our allies' networks. But there's got to be a better way than closing the door entirely. Absolutely. That doesn't seem like the best policy. It's the right problem, but the wrong solution, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and by the way, China's hackers are pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, the other risk is what we were talking about earlier is a, of an all-out cyber war. Um, I, you know, I think you could make the case that the U.S. in a tra- in a uh, traditional warfare mm-hmm. would have uh, a strong case, but I don't know if we have if we have the same uh, advantage in a cyber warfare. I don't know if that's if if we do. Uh, this was in the Wall Street Journal the other day. China is really. They're focusing their military currently on AI and machine learning and deep learning technology to basically have machines that spend all day, every day trying yeah. to penetrate our systems. It's very here. William Gibson at this point. It really is. Yeah. Um, it's terrifying. And, you know, to a certain point, I think my job, if I were fortunate enough to serve in Congress, would be to fund countermeasures for that. But we need to not underestimate our 
or enemy or potential enemy here. You know, it doesn't matter how many tanks, tanks, guns, planes we have if we can't, like, transport the fuel to fly them. It's not going right? to do any good if the grid shut down. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, ben Thompson, good article, as always, from Stratechery. Final paragraph. This is the true war when it comes to technology. Censorship versus openness. Control versus creativity. And centralization versus competition. Yeah. These are, of course, connected. China's censorship is about control facilitated by centralization. That, though, should not only give Western tech companies and investors pause about China generally, but it should also lead to serious introspection about the appropriate policies towards our own tech industry. Openness, creativity, and competition are just as related as their counterparts. Infringement on any of them should be taken as a threat to all three. So it's an interesting take uh, on all this, which is we should double, as China doubles down, on closing its doors, we should double down on opening our doors. Agree. It's a very interesting take from somebody who's very smart. Uh, all right. But meanwhile, I sure want to get that Playdate game machine. <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah, I brought my old school 80s uh, Game Boy on this trip. Did you? I should have brought it. We could play what? some Tetris. So, <laughs> My do husband. You, do you enjoy it? I, my husband, he loves like old tech games. Like it's at a level where he feels in control of it. So we play a lot of Tetris from the '80s Game Boy. You're in uh, good company. I see if I can find this uh, picture. You should of, play Tetris '99. Uh, oh, it's a good game. Oh, it's supposed to be very good. That's yeah. a depressing game because there are people. Yeah. Why is it depressing? Because there are people that have done nothing but play Tetris since the 80s, and they will destroy you. <laughs> so good. I'm sorry, but that's true for me for every oh, game. Okay. Yeah. If, I, if I'm going to worry about uh, dangerous games, I'm, I'm, you know, I, mean, I'm gonna, I get waxed the minute I play any game. <laughs> Let me see if I can find this picture. Here it is. This is uh, somebody you might uh, recognize and his wife. They, too, really enjoy their Game Boy. Sorry, it's a very large photo. It's taking a while to download. Let me see if I can get it again. Oh, it's so big. <laughs> Come on, baby. You know, Real some, challenge of 30 some, bit, 35 megabit negatives. Sometimes the internet is just so slow. One more time. Well, I could just zoom just in. zoom in on the thumbnail. Zoom in on the <gasps> thumbnail. Look at that. Somebody you might know. I do. And by the way, notice they have the Game Boy interlink. I love it. They're, That's the key. They're playing head-to-head. -head. Probably Tetris. That's uh, Steve Watson. <laughs> One of the only people patient wife, enough Janet. to get that oh, running. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Oh, I had to take that picture when I saw them in the lobby of the hotel. This That's was fantastic. a cruise we took to a South Wait, America. Which, which Game Boy is that? That looks like the Game Boy Color. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure it's the best money could buy. <laughs> it wouldn't be because the Game Boy Advance has a better screen. What about the 3D? <laughs> or VR. Game Boy VR, man. Our show today brought to you by Cashfly. Oh, man. It, it literally brought to you by Cashfly. If you, when you go, people tell me this all the time. You know, I don't know what you guys are doing when I go to download the show, whether it's from your website or with my podcast application. You, it's always just comes right in fast. I never have a problem. There's never any hiccup or pause. That's Cashfly, our, our CDN, our content delivery network. We've been on Cashfly for 10 years now. Ooh. When we first started Twit, it's kind of funny. I mean, I it grew a little faster than I anticipated. At first, I was just having them download it from my uh, from my website, which which immediately I ran out of bandwidth. <laughs> so then I started using BitTorrent. I said, "Please seed our show," and then uh, other people will be able to get it. 
Thank God Matt Levine at Cashfly came over to me. It's probably 2007 or 8 and said, Leo, can we just, let's fix this. And ever since, it's been a happy match. Twit and Cashfly. We love Cashfly. You will too. If you have to deliver content, software, uh, a, a web app to your customers, power it with the Cashfly CDN, you will be 30% faster than competition. Cashfly delivers rich media content up to 10 times faster than the traditional delivery methods. It does that by having servers all over the world close to where your customers are. But it's also 30% faster than other major CDNs. Mm. And because they have servers all over the world, they can give you a 100% SLA. I'm not talking four nines, five. I'm talking 100%. Cashfly guarantees the best user experience for all your customers, no matter where they are, what device they're on. LG, Microsoft, Adobe, Ars Technica, and Twit. We all use Cashfly's reliable network. I love Cashfly. I've never gotten that call three in the morning. Uh, the CDN's down. Never. The other thing that's great about billing, Cashfly will work with you because they know uh, a lot of bandwidth usage is spiky, right? Like we get lots of downloads Sunday night and it slows down through the week. Cashfly will work with you to get a custom plan tailored to your needs based on your yearly usage trends. So you know what you're going to pay. You want to find out how much you can save? Go to twit.cashfly.com and you'll get a free, completely detailed analysis of your current CDN bill and usage trends. No sales pitch, just straight facts. So you'll know if Cashfly can save you as much as 20% on your CDN or more twit.cashfly.com we we love them and we're so glad that they help us out and i think they you should try them too they could help you out twit.cashfly.com <sighs> let's find something fun yeah. <laughs> no that was a heavy topic oh my gosh panasonic by the way is also suspending transactions with huawei that means oh, no batteries gosh. that's where they get their batteries oh no i just i feel like this they're going to we're going to put this company out of business and it's going to happen fast and, and, and it might be something we regret by the way i love the i have a huawei p20 and the new the newer uh, what is it p30 is amazing mm -hmm. paul therott's images are fantastic i've always wanted that mate book that's you <laughs> played with that I've oh it's a, great yeah. yeah yeah it's better than a macbook christina raves about it yeah Oh, yeah, that's right. You work with that Christina. Person. Christina Warren. She's uh, dangerous. <laughs> Simone Le Rochefort. <laughs> that is a good podcast, by the way. If you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, you're still doing it during the campaign? Yeah. I love I love Christina and Simone so much that even if I was elected, I would not quit Rocket. We would find a way to do it every week. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, I couldn't accept any sponsor money at that point legally. But uh, you'd have to like when when the ad comes along. Well, you let Simone do it anyway. We do. But when the ad do. comes along, you'd have to just leave the room. I, I would do that and just give <laughs> Simone and Christine. The I whole don't time. know what's going to happen next, but I'm not going to be here. I think it's more about not accepting the money. Yeah, that's, oh, that's covering oh, that's your ears easy. and going la 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 la. I'm la, sure la. Mike would be glad to keep your oh, share. He'd be great, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, think about like a a podcast from Congress every week talking about the tech policy <sighs> going on. That would be a good show. We have gone back and forth, Lisa and I, about <laughs> sorry, doing. Sorry. can you do that show for us, please? No, 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 no. I'm, in, <laughs> we'll I'm envisioning certain. I'm taking certain quotes I've heard from various Congress critters <laughs> and senators and thinking yeah. like, yes, that would be an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be me. And Marsha uh, Blackburn on okay. the show. It'll be great. That would be great. 
No, we've talked a lot about doing a tech and politics show. I think there it, it is. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, angering everyone. The new tech and I politics phone quit network. But on, well, this is a problem for us because when we first started, when Patrick and I were working together twenty years ago, it was computers, maybe a little internet thrown in. There was now, there were political discussions at times. But it, but but technology is now in every facet of our lives. Yes. Every single, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. There is really no more a distinction between well, this is a tech subject and yep. this is something else. It's right. all mushed together. Yep. So it's very it's challenging. I mean, it's I hard. wish I would be so happy to be sitting here talking about you know those new Intel i nine processors, eight cores at five gigahertz. What do you think, Patrick? I think I want to actually test one and see if it yeah. works out in real life. <laughs> um, but it, but but no, I mean it's it was funny though because I had a, a conversation with a relative and they were just like, oh, net neutrality is bad, and I'm just like, net Whoa. neutrality, oh, oh goodness, it's bad. Where did they get that? Well, that's the problem. I yeah. I had somebody uh, call me up on the radio show exactly that it's bad i said why is it bad because i don't want the government making any regulations i said sir do you wear a seatbelt? <laughs> sir do you drive on the highway sir how do you trust the drinking water coming out of your tap well yeah well gosh darn it that's called a government regulation sir do you when you walk out of your house do you fear do you worry that somebody might come up and hit you in the back of the head well no well that's called laws that's what makes this <laughs> We're a nation of laws. It's okay to make a law. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I agree. You Meanwhile, Intel it. just announced nine i9 processors. So Intel traditionally, historically, has been unable to cross four gigahertz. <laughs> they can't get below 10 nanometers. They can't. So I think they've given up on the 10 nanometers, honestly. They yep. say they're going to do them, but I'll They be. haven't. Well, they're, they're trying. No one's, no one's denying they're trying. Uh, you've got companies like TSMC making seven nanometer processors, but anyway, okay, I'm just saying. Uh, but Intel has apparently been able to crack the four gigahertz barrier. They are now. This is an i9, the 9900KS, eight yeah. cores, all of which can run at five gigahertz all the time. Well, I mean, and this is actually a big deal because you know the, you always see it, it's you know, it's running at like one point three gigahertz and two point seven gigahertz in turbo speed, mode, yeah. speed step or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but it, you know, and it's like basically okay for one brief moment, your processor will shoot up to this fast. One well, one core. Right mm. of your process, and then thermals really will shut it down immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like it basically makes something move a little faster than it might otherwise. You know, if this is, I mean, this is directly. Um, yeah, <laughs> this would be very exciting if it's true. Yeah, and I, I, I want to see, I want to see benchmarks on these. I want to see benchmarks on these. Of course, of the Ryzen. I want to yeah. see the Ryzen three, right? Which is going to be the coming AMD out. Part. Yeah, which is going to be coming out like you know seven, seven, seven nanometers. We've seven. got the AMD Intel competition is bad. Oh yeah. Well, it, but, but it's, it's more because Intel stumbled. Yep. Then because AMD is so great. Maybe yes, no. AMD is doing some extraordinary things Good. right now. Don't don't take any credit away from Dr. Sue and the okay. team at AMD. They they are doing some badass engineering. They're also doing some badass pricing. And yes, Intel left a badass door the size of a house for them to drive through. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Intel Intel for a long time was like, you know, they, 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 Ryan and I used to talk about this before he went to go work at Intel. Um, now about just, how Intel... What are you talking about, Patrick? I don't know anything. You know, the know uh, it's, it, NDAs are fine. and uh, But the... Uh, but what we would talk about is is that Intel didn't really care about PC users. They didn't really care about PC power users, especially. What was their market? 
Well, the majority. Servers? No, well, I mean, so they make a ton, they make a ton of money in a lot of places. We don't want to get that granular, right? But Not in terms mobile. of that's the only thing of, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what happened, right? Is 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 you know, Intel, much like Microsoft, never really made it in handhelds and mobile right. and that was a huge problem because they the try. vast majority of the planet is going to interface with the internet and computers in the form of a phone that said you know and then they well okay so we're going to do we're going to do raspberry pi competitive well that didn't seem to work out we're going to okay we have this amazing well, yeah, they killed that the edison right they yeah killed they killed a lot of stuff yeah, and, and they went back like oh you know we can make really fast processors for enthusiasts and professionals Ooh, but the majority of the market though is actually laptops yeah. you know and, and laptops you know in a certain price range. i love my macbook air which is running a u processor right. it's slow but yeah. it doesn't seem slow <laughs> i have a i have the five thousand dollar imac pro on my desktop I don't go running in there when I want to do something because yeah. I have my nice, thin, light MacBook Air. I'm very happy. Hey, when I'm browsing the web, a laptop is Most fine. of what we yeah. do, 90% of what we do, it doesn't need fast anything faster than what we than these. It gets processes. a little messy when you get into you photography, know, gaming, video, level, yeah. rendering, gaming. Yeah. I have a confession. When I do call time, I have Final Fantasy fourteen opened up on my oh, Mac don't most say of this. the time. You're gonna, don't, uh, don't no, no but no it's videos, like you're no doing video. you're doing graphics. So Where's do, your campaign manager? I do keep that open on my Mac as so we're going. We so, should explain call yeah. time is something that that is the great shame of the United States of oh, America. Oh, it's horrible! It's horrible. Which is that most a significant percentage of the time that anybody elected in elected office, at least yeah. at the federal level. Spends calling donors asking for money. Right. Shaking the money tree. Oh, it's true. And it's called call time. It's called call time. It's got to be the most the miserable phone. time of your... How, uh, how much time do you oh, have to I spend? Oh, I actually love it. I love oh, it. I've grown to it. love it. Uh, but there is a lot of downtime between each call. So that's so, where Zelda Right, that's in. where I'm doing that. But my point with this is, you know... <laughs> I, so I, just, I, I just love that vision of you. Like this well, it's you're uh, crafting in Final Fantasy we've fourteen. Got, yes, <laughs> we've got uh, I don't know who we got. We've got uh, the uh, the Koch brothers on line three. <laughs> no, okay, hold on, a they second. will not. Okay, the Koch brothers are on line three. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm almost there. The Koch brothers on line three. I'll just screw it. I'm busy. So we would say that. Should the my my point is though, um, okay. I am interested. George Soros on line four. I, I would pick up okay, that call. Um, my point is. I do think that there is a I, – I personally have a need for better uh, processors in my MacBooks. But the fact that Apple has really handicapped uh, the processor architecture with the thermal design and the I MacBook, don't think it's Apple's fault. In fact, Apple yeah. at their quarterly call said we, we would have made more, we would have sold more, but we couldn't get the parts. They didn't name really? Intel, but they knew – but everybody knew this is Apple – effectively spanking Intel because this Intel is, also is not Apple that could have given a rat's ass about the computer lines right. for what the better part of a decade because yeah. most of their money came from iPhones sh- yeah and the but store. I'm not sure that I think Apple would have liked to have done better and more because they you know Mac is important to them at, both internally because sure. everybody uses a Mac at, at Apple but also to developers you can't you don't get any Mac OS or iOS software if, if developers right. don't have Macs I have literally melted two macbook pros running maya which is a very heavy 3d program on a macbook pro because the thermals are so bad and the heat eventually caused the logic board to fail but it's silent (laughs) right exactly so um you know i'll grant you that when they're talking about the new intels in the the new 15 inch that they just launched i'm like 
I, I have to admit, Liam, my, I was like, what's the freaking no. point? I well, have, is, but I, it's also, I mean, I, yeah. was, I had my finger poised over the buy button until I looked over to the right and it said $5,000. <laughs> and, uh, and I went, whoa. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I'm buying Windows PCs because yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't bring myself to buy, I can't use these keyboards. I can't bring myself to buy what Apple's making. Mm -hmm. I just bought a, a ThinkPad X1 uh, Extreme, which I'm very happy with. And They're I just really put Linux on it. Yeah, because I, I I'm not crazy about Windows either, but Linux is pretty damn good these days. Yeah. And it's amazing because we we've installed the Linux. Uh, you know, Shannon's installed Linux on a bunch of laptops in the past few months, and it's amazing how you know it used to be like I'm going to install very complete yeah. experience. Now. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a real desktop operating system. Lately, I've been using Pop. Well, it's got support for you know. I mean, it's not it like you're like oh Nvidia, I can't use. It supports all yeah. this weird non-free stuff. I've been using Pop OS, which is System 76's spin on. Ubuntu, which is a spin on Debian. I'm not, I don't like that aesthetically, but it installs everywhere. It runs very well on everything. And suddenly, you know, and, and, and there's analogs for everything. And if you want to use Microsoft Office, they have a very credible web app that runs just fine. All the Office apps run just fine on the web, or you can use Wine if you, want, if you really need it. Or you can use LibreOffice. There's plenty. I'm using Darktable and Raw Therapy instead of Photoshop and Lightroom. Really? Yes. Actually, raw therapy is very good. I would recommend. I'll give it, it a go. I've never. I don't want to give it. Adobe yeah. anymore. Of my. Uh, oh, it's terrible. Ever since they moved to cloud computing, no, it's it's I, well, the cloud, uh, Creative Cloud service. Yeah. I do keep uh, Windows running on that ThinkPad in a small partition because yeah. there's a few Windows apps. You know, mostly it's Tetris ninety nine. Tetris yeah. ninety nine. There we go. So this i nine ninety nine hundred KS. We don't know what the TDP will be. Uh, it's going to be more than 95 watts, I'm thinking. Hmm. I don't know how much more. A non-tech says 10% maybe. Right. right? Not, even, not even 150 watts. Well, but we've also seen a lot of TDPs where when you actually flat everything out, um, the actual power consumption is considerably higher than the TDP. You could light up yeah. Manhattan with the power. Not quite, <laughs> but certainly a room. Does, Intel has yeah. uh, kind of muddied the water a little bit from last year's Computex. By the way, Computex is coming up. That's why this yeah. conversation is mm, going on. Mm. Uh, they, they kind of pretended that they were running a 28-core Xeon CPU at 5 gigahertz, but they were using a lot of cooling, the Sub-Zero chiller, um, and maybe there, was, there wasn't there was even uh, all of the information like overclocking and stuff. Yeah, the other thing that gives me a pause about Intel is, you know, after Spectrum Meltdown came out, basically, you know, vulnerabilities in the right. Intel processor speculative with speculative execution, yeah, yeah. and we... we Got a whole new, um, basically, list of uh, vulnerabilities that came out. Yeah, Zombieland. The new one yeah. is Zombieland. Yeah, I was really about, surprised. We were talking about this. Zombie Load. Zombieland is a yeah. great movie. <laughs> Zombie. Don't feel to, bad. I did the same thing in the title three times. <laughs> not to be confused with the movie Zombieland. Uh, no, Zombie Load, and it's, it takes advantage of speculative execution. And the real yeah. problem is that when you turn off speculative execution or you somehow mitigate these threats, you cut performance by... In most cases, significant, yeah, like, right. more than noticeable amount. Isn't it just in like cloud computing applications? That's where it's a problem. Generally? But yeah. Steve Gibson on Security Now, and I'm sure you say the same thing. Patrick says end users don't really need to worry about it. We haven't seen any exploits in the wild. Mm. If you're running a uh, a server, multiple yeah. users on one processor, absolutely, because any one of those processes could be malicious. Right. But it's it's hard to get a malicious process on my computer at home. 
that could yeah. that could then hey. get the right chunks of data. Sounds that like a needed. challenge for someone out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may be wrong, but I don't think yeah. there are any exploits in the wild. It was it was it was discovered, it was patched, and then it was announced. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah. but I mean, we've seen we've seen numbers anywhere from three to nine percent for for typical home user scenarios with a patch to as much as forty percent. A lot of the numbers we heard were for the latest generation and the latest model processors. Uh, That's scary. And, and but then as they get older it tends to have a more dramatic impact yeah. on performance yeah no kidding um, and my, i asked steve this and he thinks it's possible i'm not sure it's possible to mitigate in a newer design uh without turning off speculative execution there's so, he says you can and i don't know enough about processor design but mm-hmm. he says that it is the, the flaw is this leakage of information between processes and he says it's completely possible to still have speculative execution but to have policies in place that keep information from going to i feel comfortable in saying a a lot of people that are much smarter than i will ever be are working furiously at that problem with staggering amounts of money behind them right now yes Um, isn't the problem with the ring states for the processor and not the speculative oh interesting itself so yeah i know the leakage i don't know where the leakage occurs yeah and then it's i mean hackers are good these days i mean things like and by the way, these are mostly white hat hackers because the black hats are just using scripts. But the white hat hackers, the people like Tavis Ormandy, seem to be able to using fuzzing and all sorts of interesting techniques. Mm. Uh, the timing techniques are the ones that, that amaze me. Yeah, I'm not even. I've, I. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to believe it even works, but it does. Um, okay, so see, I, I got a little processor talk in there. It's processor time. There was leaks of new AMD GPUs in advance of Computex. Yes. In advance of AMD's keynote of Computex. Why don't we do a little Computex preview, Patrick Norton? Well, that's the big thing I'm excited about is is essentially like the 3080 and 3070, which are comparable to a 2060 and a 2070 in performance, but for about 100 bucks less. And no, as far as we know, there will be no RTX support. Uh, oh. Which I don't particularly mind because there's only like five RTX games, and we're, RTX you know, is this uh, ray tracing yes. technology that's in both. I think AMD. The ray tracing and- technology that looks amazing in in technology announcements, but in real world games at this point is not a huge difference. Well, wouldn't hmm. you? Oh, really? So even the games that are using it, yeah. you don't see it. It's early days, man. I saw that. It's uh, really amazing. Was it Doom? Mm-hmm. The demo where they used ray tracing and. It was pretty good looking. Yeah, it was Doom. It yeah. was pretty. Was it? Yeah. I'll show well, you. Well, it makes sense. Carmack is like, well, at least his legacy is on that no, team. Yeah, he's so, now at uh, Oculus. Yeah. Doom or Quake? It was Quake. Quake 2, real-time Quake ray tracing. This is using RTX 2. Um, and I don't know if this is before or after. But the lighting effects. Yeah, this is after. This is the after. Oh, look okay. at that. Yeah. So yeah. So the textures aren't going to get much better, but look at the lighting effects. And the things like, I'll scroll ahead a little bit. Things like the light coming in through windows, uh, which is the kind of thing you'd expect ray tracing to... to so have they released the open source version of this yet? <laughs> I don't know. Have they? I, well, this was like a project from NVIDIA. Yeah. Well, it's a proof of concept, Patrick. I'm down with proofs of concept. But you know, making a really old game look better using a technology that requires an expensive GPU yeah. is yeah. not as impressive to me as making a contemporary game look better on your expensive new GPU. Yeah. Okay. I, I have to tell you, like as a 3D professional and a neural right. expert, I don't see anything there you couldn't fake with other yeah. means. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of, I'm ashamed to admit I let our 16 year old uh, buy and play Mortal Kombat 11. Oh gosh! Wow. <laughs> I'll walk by every once in a while and go, oh, <laughs> but, oh my god! 
but it's just uh, a spine. He's <laughs> playing it on the Switch. Yeah, and I and it's all trickery. I understand, but it yeah. looks like yeah. amazing. Yeah. They did a good retopology pass on it. It looks pretty good. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But it's also a lot of what RTX... That blood is so realistic. <laughs> By the way, did you see the story that... And it was an anonymous developer mm-hmm. uh, at Mortal Kombat who was suffering from PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. Because in order to model the blood splatters and what it looks like when a spine is ripped from a body, they actually have images, real images yep. uh, to work off of. Yeah. And the guy said, after months working on this, I can't sleep. Yeah. I can't. I have PTSD. I don't doubt that. I'm just trying to figure out where exactly you find the images of spinal columns being. Oh, if out. you ever talk to an animator, they have the weirdest photo folder you will ever see in your life. It's like 4chan, but on your next door neighbor's. <laughs> it's right. really it. Yeah. It, is, it is. I got PTSD just walking through the room. Oh, it my is, gosh. I saw a. Uh, what do they call that final school? Huh? Nothing you wouldn't see at med, med school. school? Yeah. yeah. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. I mean, generally in med school, they're dead on a table and you cut them open with a big anatomy book. It's a little different from actually watching. I think the there is video. a kill move that like that, actually. Uh, <laughs> I've seen them all. <laughs> I saw one. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm watching this stuff. This guy's 16. I can I can only think this is going to... Tr- but he, no PTSD. He's a, he's a very sweet, innocent. It's a game. It's a, he, he understands. I don't. There was a move. But, one mean, of the guys. He has a chain, and he gets it in the person's mouth, and he basically tears their head off. Yep. Ew. Ew. G D. Let's talk government. Okay. Because you want to be in government. I do. You crazy person. G D P R. Now, I looked and looked for conflicts of interest from this site because I'm not yep. familiar with it, truthonthemarket.com. Um, and I think this is actually a fairly balanced summary by Alex Stapp of GDPR after one year because it was exactly a year ago. Uh, and, the, you know, the fines, $55 million, most of that for Google. Yep. Cases, 281,000 cases, 37% are ongoing only 0.1% appealed. Now, here's the unintended consequences. Some of these I agree with, some of them I don't. Uh, Article 15, the right of access. You can access the data the company keeps. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes the data goes awry. Amazon accidentally sent 1,700 Alexa voice recordings to the wrong user following a data request. This one I've got to read more about. This is from Gene Yang. I don't know if this is true. Gene writes, today I discovered an unfortunate consequence of GDPR. When someone hacks into your account, they can request and potentially access all your data. Yes, if I if I sit down at your machine and you've left it open, then I can, you know, I can pretend I'm Leo and, and companies don't know any different. Oh, is that how? She says, whoever hacked into my Spotify account got all my streaming song history by requesting it. Oh, yeah, because they're you. All right, I get it. So yeah. That's not GDPR, but it is. No, 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 it is because GDPR forces them to give you that information. And okay. in the case of the Amazon story, somebody's like, I'm going to find out what Amazon's keeping on me. And right. they got this giant collection of 1,700 clips. And then they're From like, somebody else. this is not me. <laughs> or, doesn't even sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> Who's okay, that so in my house? That's, you know, these things happen. He's always in my house. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I think there it would be very hard to find anyone familiar with GDPR that wouldn't say this is a well-intended law with a bad execution for it because right. the companies that they're trying to basically limit what they can do, they're able to get around it very easily. It's closed down and affected a lot of small businesses. That, that is a real issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, they talk about the compliance costs. Astronomical. More th- For companies with more than 500 employees, it could reach $150 billion. It's an aggregate. Yep. 75,000 data protection officers will have to be hired. That's one of the requirements. This is a telling one. Microsoft has 1,600 engineers working on compliance. Yep. So that's 1,600 people who have jobs, yep. <laughs> but no. they wouldn't be doing it if it weren't for uh, GDPR. <sighs> And what we have to also wonder is how many businesses have just shuttered because they can't do it. We should also point out Microsoft has 135,000 yes. employees. Right. Yes, good point. But and this, they yeah. do this for a living and they well, provide but tools for other here's problems. A, here's yeah. the more subtle issue is that a big company mm-hmm. can do it. Right, that's right. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, a big company is going to be fine. It inadvertently locks in monopolies, right? So... That's yeah. I mean, I, I was more worried about what we would have to do for GDPR. You should be. I yeah. was nervous that we. Yeah. In fact, after this new copyright law, I'm worried that we would have to block European listeners because, frankly, <laughs> the entire show is us commentating on other people's stuff, yeah. right? Including this. Uh, and under the new copyright law, that might be something we are no longer allowed to oh, do. Gosh. There's no no fair use commentary. So, uh, oh, Thank this God is good. There's Poland. There's Poland. <laughs> Poland has now filed a complaint. Against the copyright directive. Thank goodness. Good luck, Poland. We're rooting for you. <laughs> uh, God bless you, Poland. Um, I'm trying to see what they don't like. They've challenged it, saying the legislation would bring, oh, they're right, unwanted censorship. They filed a complaint with the Court of Justice. So I guess one thing you could say about GDPR is it's well-intentioned. Maybe over time it will be, the edges will be sanded off. Mm-hmm. They'll get better. You can't, you don't know what the consequences are until you try it but this is something you know leah i've thought about this so much like how when you're saying tech policy with government i think everyone in this room would probably agree we don't want congress like setting the whole the standards with that and maybe but it's not congress who i i I don't maybe the answer is for certain things you bring in like the the certification board like usb is the standard that's worked pretty Mm -hmm. well maybe the answer is to empower more standards boards and then you know the civil process holds people to you know complying with it has said something like this he said there should be courts for these specific issues like especially dedicated courts that makes a lot of sense yeah you have this in biotech so it makes a lot of sense to me court oh i'd love to see that yeah i think part of it is the problem is some of these these companies are so large and the problems are scaling so large as you cannot really have enough judges to deal with say Facebook and privacy right. or Google and privacy. Well, that's why it'd be right. almost a separate, entirely separate court with separate judges. Who, no, I mean that you'd still need a, a, a big court. Big damn <laughs> court. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about, this is a big one. I don't know if we're going to have time. Julian Assange. Oof. So this is a challenging one because no one really likes is. Julian Assange. <laughs> and apparently he considers himself a Christ-like figure. Uh, this is the picture <laughs> of him being dragged away from the Ecuadorian embassy for, among other things, letting his cat poop uh, all over the place. Um, Did we find out if his cat is okay? I'm That's sure very important I'm to sure. me. <laughs> 
I'll check. Okay. Um, the issue is now the U.S. government is going to indict on uh. under the Espionage Act. And whether you uh, like Julian Assange or not, and honestly, early on, I was rooting for him when WikiLeaks yeah. uh, released the drone strikes mm -hmm. uh, that, that killed journalists Absolutely. and innocent civilians. Mm -hmm. uh, that was an eye-opener, and I, I think he, they did a service. He's being indicted now, though, and, and the original charges from the U.S. government were for helping Chelsea Manning, yep. or uh, not even helping, offering in a chat mm -hmm. to help Chelsea Manning uh, hack the uh, Defense Department. Um, the new charges are an expanded indictment obtained by the Trump administration that, uh, you know, the Espionage Act is extremely broad. Yep. 17 counts of violating the Espionage Act. And this is where it's problematic for obtaining and publishing secret military <laughs> and diplomatic documents in 2010. Right. That is, by the way, a journalist, something journalists do all the time. Of course. Yeah. Pentagon Papers. There's a, I was going to say, Daniel Ellsberg has done some pretty interesting interviews on this where he basically says, you know, this is bad. Yeah. And it, Obama's administration declined to do this. They thought about it. They wanted to. They hate him. Right. But they said, you know what? They're, the risk to the First Amendment yeah. is too great. We can't do it. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, if you want to bring a case against Assange, if you have evidence that he... Or, or people in his employee were directly responsible for hacking attempts in the United States. That is more valid to me. Right. But it, like it or not, WikiLeaks is a publisher. And this is an attack on the First right. Amendment. So I, you know, I think there is a case to be found here that I could feel good about. This is not it. Jamil Jaffer of the Knight First Amendment Institute at Columbia University says, this is the New York Times, the charges rely almost entirely on conduct that investigative journalists engage in okay. every day. Yep. This indictment should be understood as a frontal attack on press freedom. Yep. You know, governments don't like leakers. Nope. <laughs> and I understand why. Yep. But the First Amendment protects journalists who publish those leaks. Yeah, mm -hmm. And, and Biazzo, the the Obama administration was as harder, harder absolutely uh, yeah. than almost anybody we've seen in decades on, yeah. on whistleblowers and leakers. Um, but even they declined to go this far. Uh, it's interesting because it, there's, a, there's a great film that came out uh, last year, The Post, which is about the Washington Post, uh, you know, and the publisher and the editor and the reporters and the story and the court case. And it's really interesting when you look at this because, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a great moment with, with the lawyer shows up for The Post and he looks like he's 12. Um, in, a, in, a, in a sort of shiny, all-American kind of Midwestern way, and uh, the editor for the for for the Post is kind of like, "You're our counsel," mm. um, and uh, and but the, he's dealing with these arguments like, you know, why well, the Washington Post have published details of the D-Day invasion on the day before the advance. He's like, "We're talking about a historical survey and looking at information going back." you know decades mm -hmm. you know or and and it it was horrifying uh you know when you start when you start looking at what the the Pentagon papers leaked it's it's you you start realizing that just everybody knew everything was screwed over there yeah and then tens of thousands of more people died yeah um yeah. because there was there you was no make the argument the Pentagon papers saved lives by absolutely bringing yeah. a quick end to the war um I'm or at yeah. least a change in the American uh, attitudes towards the war. There, there. I mean, there are. 
I am very sympathetic to the military in particular wanting yes. to safeguard that information. Leo, earlier in the show, you mentioned that we don't want to compromise uh, sources and methods by our intelligence agencies. That is utterly valid. But these things are a balance, and this is just a very extreme act. We'll watch this with interest. Uh, one of the reasons the Obama administration did not pursue it is they were concerned about being overturned by the Supreme Court, yeah. by a court. Um, because it, uh, because of the First Amendment. So, uh, obviously, if this prosecution goes forward, first he's going to have to be extradited. Yeah. I wonder, because the British law prohibits extradition if additional charges are filed. Yeah. So, uh, in other words, the U.S. could extradite based on the initial charge, but mm-hmm. if they start to pile on charges, apparently, I read British law says, yeah, well, we're not going to extradite him then. Hmm. So... Um, this may affect that as well. Uh, of course, Assange's lawyers uh, say uh, that he's being charged with a crime for encouraging sources to provide him truthful information and publishing that information. Mm. And uh, so any fig leaf that this was about hacking is now gone. Yeah. This is going to get really awkward. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's, I agree. And it's going to go on for a while. I think. It's going to be terrible having to defend this guy because he's so bad. Oh. As long as he doesn't bring his cat to court. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. Yep. Uh, boy, there's so much more, and I uh, we're just running short on time should here. We, should we end on a po- Is there a positive note to end? Oh on? yeah, the what? World Health Organization has said uh, that gaming <laughs> disorder is. A I'm looking for water illness. skiing squirrels here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see the? Uh, I really thought this was interesting. Oh, this is, this is so interesting. This is yeah. now using these AI networks and uh, generative adversarial networks, or yep. GAN. Yep. And with so in the past, we've seen, of course, you know, deep fakes and the ability to take a picture of somebody and make it look like they're doing something right, else. Right, right. But this research is very interesting. It's from Samsung um, taking a single still image. I'll turn off this bad Samsung music. Taking a single still image and using uh, another image to actually make the Mona, for instance, the Mona Lisa talk. Let me see if I can. Oh, that was the best one. Wasn't that, wasn't yeah. that amazing? Let me see if I can. And I don't know a, if I find this comforting or or relaxing. Well, we know it's anyway. coming. Okay, yeah. you don't like this one either. Huh? No, 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 no. I, I still the want to world see the is full I mean, of terrible from, things. From a technology Patrick. perspective, it's it's deeply fascinating, but it's also you know in the context of of what's going on in terms of elections and and also I mean just the the pure oh teenage God. misapplication possibilities for this is awe inspiring. Facebook scrambles for middle ground. Oh, yeah, what about that? The uh, I mean, this is not an AI and I No, AI all you had to do is take a video of Nancy Pelosi, slow it down 50%, she sounds drunk and yep. slurring. But you could do that with me too. <laughs> Maybe they can fix the Sonic movie with this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's the story we were looking for coming up. The Sonic movie. What what weird devilish mischief is afoot? That's coming up at first, a word from Captera. Captera is the way to find business software. How many people, I gosh, this is the story of my life. I'd go to a new company. I remember going to a radio station in San Francisco. This is in 1984. I was the new music director, and they said, yeah, we, we generate our playlist for our DJs using this. PDP 10 or 11 with a giant 8-inch floppy. And they said, here, you just put the floppy in, <laughs> you close the door, the head on the drive would go, conk, I mean, loud. And then it had a teletype, one of those old dot matrix things, would go, and print out a playlist. 
for some reason, within a few days, that 8-inch floppy stopped working. I don't know what happened. And we bought a PC. Thank you very much. <laughs> Business software is notoriously bad. How, truth. Are you running Windows XP, IE8, so that you can run that very important line of business software that some, you know, the boss's nephew's neighbor wrote when he was in high school, but now he's left and he we haven't seen him in 20 years, but the software, that's all we got? Captera. There is great business software out there for every possible business. CRM. We're actually looking right now using Captera at new CRM solutions. IT project management, e-commerce, link management tools, web conferencing, or yoga studio management or veterinary business management. There are 900,000 reviews on here, 700 categories, thousands of products. And the best thing is you can filter it down. You pick the category, filter it down, say, I want only the best reviews. It's got to be a web application or a local application. I want it to be able to take care of this many customers. Whatever it is that you need. Filter the results, compare them side by side up to four at a time. They'll even show you a list of related categories for further options. And then read the reviews. There are, there are a thousand new reviews every single day by verified users. Captera is great about making sure those reviews come from people actually using the software. So you, you can actually find a program for you that, and read the reviews and know it's right. No more Google search. No more calling Joe in accounting no matter what kind of software your business needs captera makes it easy to discover the right solution fast and once you find that perfect software please leave a review because share your knowledge with other buyers that's what makes captera so incredible here's the best part i left out the best part it's free 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 not freemium not uh, later they'll charge you nothing millions of people use captera to find the best business software for their business you should too Captera.com slash twit. C A P T E Captera.com slash twit. Thank them for their support. Use that URL. That's a way of showing them you like our show. We appreciate that. Captera is software selection simplified. Captera.com slash twit. Maybe they should use some of this uh, GAN AI on Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> So what was it? There was a was it a tweet? How did we see this image of Sonic? It was ugly as sin, right? Not the oh, that's from the trailer. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. Was it from the the trailer? trailer. Yeah, the trailer. That's the actual trailer. The trailer came out and the internet exploded. Yeah, they said went wild. We're getting nightmares. Talk about PTSD. (laughs) Now, didn't furry Pikachu cause the same kind of reaction? No, not in the same way. No, yeah, people love furry Pikachu. Just not going to be able to get out of my head for the rest of the day. Right. People love furry Pikachu, especially (laughs) south of Market. Let's watch the. This is the trailer that gave people nightmares. So, I love Sonic. Grew up playing Sega. Is that Ponch? That's the dude from Westworld. Oh, shoot. He looks kind of like Ponch. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I thought that was Chips all over again. So, well, let's get to the yes. Sonic part. He's just going to run oh, and it's stuff. It's coming up. Yeah. Is it coming up? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh. It looks like Slender Man. That's horrible. Oh, it gets worse. Okay. Oh. So, for once, the movie studios listen to the internet. They have put this movie on hold for at least three months yes. so that Sonic can be fixed. Oh. Uh, the release date was originally um, 
November. Yep. They pushed it three months. Now, I have to say, <laughs> normally your prestige films yes. come out around Christmas time because that way your Academy Award chances are better. <laughs> and usually when a movie comes out like a week or after the Oscars, you kind of admitting, no, it's a turkey. They moved the date to February 14th. <laughs> I think this is basically saying, yeah, we're, we're sorry. I'm sorry. Did you think a movie based on Sonic the Hedgehog really had a chance Didn't at Didn't the Pikachu Detective or, or, Pikachu, Pikachu did was well. solid. It was solid. solid. I'm not saying Detective Pikachu did. I'm saying that, but, you know, okay. Oscar, what awesome. am I saying? Like, the idea of a movie based on Pikachu doing, you know, being critically reviewed well is also difficult Yeah, they're to not going to win an Oscar for that either. Um, okay. I mean, Jim Carrey is total Jim Carrey yes. and being Dr. Robotnik. So, not like, bad. it's got good stuff in the trailer. Yeah. It just doesn't look anything like sonic but like, pikachu didn't either I, I mean i never saw a furry pikachu right i i guess i see that and i just see a fur simulation on a skeletal mesh and that's i don't know we should also mention this is another happy story elon I musk know. we've been giving him a lot of trouble for his cray cray stuff that he says uh including last month saying that next year there'd be thirty thousand. Self-driving Teslas on the road. <laughs> really? <laughs> Not worse than that. Operating like Uber as ride shares. Right. So that a Tesla owner, which only, you know, he only uses his Tesla on average 22 uh, for two hours a day. So there's 22 hours of unused time right. would flip a switch and say, go ahead, go out. Go out, little Tesla. Wear make out money. your Tesla faster so I can tell, sell more. But make make 30000 a year. Letting Wearing people... out your $100,000 car? Well, yeah. in three years, you make your money back. Um, and buy a new car? <laughs> I am not going to let the general public drive my car. Have you ever rented a Turo and seen what the general public does? So to the Turo cars? was yeah. a cool idea, which was that you I love could it. do that. Right? I love it. And you love, you're a car person. Oh, yeah. I love them. Uh, you know, every time but I go Turos to Turos are like in bad shape when you get in them? It's always, so I am. Yeah, I know you disagree with me on this. But I'm a Porsche fan. You're an and, ice girl. Um, I know. I, well, Although, no. I want that Taycan. Oh, it's great. It's okay. great. It looks right. so good. I will okay. buy the Boxster the second they put that out. Okay, electric Boxster. But it's like, if you look at the cars on Turo, they will get a beautiful Porsche Boxster, and they will just destroy it, and you'll get it, and the vents are falling off, and the <laughs> yeah, clutch doesn't work well. We know this. Renters yeah. don't treat the property no, with the same care that the owner not. does. It's just the way it is. Right. Um, so anyway, I wanted to give Elon credit because he's we give him a lot of, you know. This is, this is good. But he has done something once again. SpaceX launched. I don't know if you watched this on Friday. I did. So excited. It was so cool. Yeah, it was. This is at Cape Canaveral. Uh, I, love the, I would love to go to a night launch because it's so beautiful. Oh, it's great. They had a couple of scrubbed launches, but... Around about 7.30 p.m. Pacific, they were able to launch Starlink, the Falcon 9. And here's what Starlink is going to do. They want to place 12,000 satellites all over the world to provide high-speed gigabit, low-latency, because it's in low-Earth orbit, internet to every corner of the planet. That part kind of freaks me out. Well, yeah. I like being able to go places and have no internet. Well, too bad, Patrick. <laughs> I want to do the podcast from a boat. <laughs> and it looks like I might I'm, be I'm, I'm, I am deeply fascinated by this. And I also, I, I've read up enough of it to be like, okay, it's going to be less of a latency issue. I'm really curious to see what kind of bandwidth they'll be able to deliver. Yeah, it's also yeah. funny with the idea that, you know, you may have to go to northern Nevada where the population is below like one person per square mile to get yep. 
you know the badass bandwidth but it's it's fascinating i to bet look at. you i bet we'll get i i do want to say every user on the satellite uh, <laughs> i think well, there's twelve thousand of them oh of course there's a lot like how, how many people are several there? billion yeah <laughs> okay Never I mean, mind. being here in a major city you know or outside a major city uh i think you can really take for granted that a lot of the united states still does not have access to decent internet yeah. so it's a big problem even in massachusetts people think of us as a rich like you know uh advanced state there are huge portions of the state where you're People are still on dialogue. No, I, I, I remember in the early days of, of mapping yeah. apps on phones, I was like, you know, I, I told someone, I'm like, I really need a, 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 an app that stores all the data locally. And yeah. I was basically told that, like, I live in California. What is my damage? I'm like, I drive 15 minutes north of my house. So I'm still in San Francisco. And I don't have network access. It's right. still like that in yeah. huge parts of it. And yeah. that's even without getting into the really empty parts of the country. Sure. sure. Um, but it's also worth saying Tesla's a long history of promising the moon and then they put it out we still don't have that solar tiles on our house or the energy wall like uh we That's got a some good work point. to do on yeah. that yeah and consumer reports just no, ding selling the energy wall oh are they did they yeah, find uh, yeah actually out? i could oh, get God, one they call me oh yeah. did i miss that yeah. that's yeah. good to hear yeah they call me it's basically you know what it is it's just the tesla battery pack on yep. your wall yeah um, i buy it that sounds great i would love to yep. have it Keep your, you know, uh, we have solar panels. We charge up the energy wall at night. We'd run off that. Put it in a concrete fence, not attached to my house. <laughs> and very. Are you afraid it's going to explode? I'm it's just saying. All it takes is, you know, yep. one. When have air- batteries ever exploded? <laughs> <laughs> Let says, me tell you a story drive, about a phone driving his Model X around. <laughs> By the way, Consumer Reports di- did ding the uh, autopilot. Um, apparently Elon really wants to get to the point where the cars, you just say go and they drive. Mm. And one of the key features would be the ability to change lanes. Because <laughs> the report said, do not use the new automatic lane changing <laughs> feature. It's worse than a human driver. It cuts off cars. In some cases, it breaks laws oh, wow. uh, if you turn it on. And he, they said, you know, normally we think of these things as driver assist. In this case... This is the driver has to te- has to keep an eye on it to make sure it doesn't do the wrong thing. It's not making your life easier. Oh my gosh! So again, uh, Elon, when you win some, uh, you lose some. I realize I'm in the minority here. I won't even drive a car with an automatic transmission. Like you're just weird. Like you're just yeah, weird. I love to drive. I can't. I Preach. can't imagine having Mr. something like Stick this. Shift bon- Bondi here. What? Yeah. You- really? Yeah. That's taste. You should I just, listen to I him. just got just last year got a, a manual transmission car again. Oh yeah. And I'm Oh it's so, so much, much work. You're pushing the pedal, oh, you're doing the no, thing, you got so it. Much better. It's so much work. It's great. So much better. It's great. It gets we you. We just into bought the a Chevy Bolt. Doesn't even have like I mean all it, it, there's really two gears forward and backward. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. That's the best that's how it should be. But do the doors dance. No, it doesn't have dancing doors, but it's only on the bright side. It's only thirty thousand dollars. I could buy four bolts for what I paid for my Model X. It's all right. The Model X goes back in a couple of months, and uh, I was looking for it in the parking lot. Didn't see it. It's not there. That bright blue electric vehicle. It's a bolt. All electric bolt. It's charming. Bolt. 
Um, oh, there's so many more things to talk about. I, I wanted to get all of this stuff you in. Got and all we, the good ones. Did I get all the good ones? Are you it. sure? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me check. Let's check. WWDC oh, oh. coming on June 3rd. June 3rd. My son, my son will, will not be happy with me if I don't make you do the loot box story. Oh, yeah. Oh, this yeah. Great story. Actually, I want yes. Brianna's comment yeah. on this. The yes. Senate. My son is afraid that, that the mobile gaming, uh, uh, Mo- all mobile gaming developers will go out of business because it's a legit this. worry. Yeah. So, Josh Hawley passed or filed legislation on Thursday, the Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act, or PAGAGA. No, that's not very good. It would prohibit game developers from adding both loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransactions to a game targeted to those eighteen or younger. Yep. Or games where the game makers know those under 18 are playing. So that's pretty much every game, right? Yeah. You can't say, oh, yeah, this only 19-year-olds will play this one. Um, Ed Markey uh, from your My home state. state. He's a good guy. He's a, actually a great senator. Yeah, uh, Dick Blumenthal from Connecticut, also a good senator, uh, also sponsoring the bill. Hawley said, uh, he's a, a Republican from Missouri, only the addiction economy could produce a business model that relies on placing a casino in the hands of every child in America with the goal of getting them desperately hooked. I can't say I disagree. Loot boxes. What's a loot box? Well, it's a, it's a roulette wheel, right? So uh, if you are playing a game, say Fortnite, and you want a particular skin, you've got to keep playing or you need to pay money until you get the item that you want. It shows up in a loot box and then you have it. Sometimes the uh, things in a loot box are uh, cosmetic, like a cool costume. Some of Sometimes they break the game or it's pay to win. So, But but the key is that it's random. It's random. You don't know what you're going to buy. Correct. Exactly. So it's gambling in the sense that it's going to cost you five bucks or ten bucks. What? Turn on your microphone. It's not on? Oh, sorry. Um, you might get it or you might not. Right. Basically yeah. is the, is the oh, so the loot box thing. isn't like a box and it's like a grab bag where you don't know what's in no, it. No, it's like a guy. They say you a, could get. That's exactly it. Yeah, they're very popular in gotcha games, um, where uh. they're like, um, kind of like Pokemon. Uh, you're collecting all these animals, and so yeah. you get an egg that will hatch, that will hatch an animal, and it might be a good animal or it might be a bad animal. Right, or, right. But you don't pay for it in Pokemon Go, whereas yeah. Yeah. you would be you these would, loot boxes. Yeah, you, so I can. So I it's can, not a. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's a bill. It's not. It's not even going to committee yet. There, yeah. of course, Congress is in recess until next month but uh what do you think well i can really see both sides of this you know the truth is that um the game industry has really moved away from the point where you pay 60 dollars for a game and you own that game and you just play that game there's dlc um in our industry is very very dependent on um you know this additional revenue fortnite was free to play but but tim sweeney made seven billion dollars last year boxes absolutely so it is a it is a model that has really um, helped our industry. And I also think it's worth saying it has been Leo it has been the most brutal year for the game industry. Really? We lost Telltale, Blizzard laid off a ton of people. Half the people I know in the industry are out of work. It has really been a rough year. I have to say though, having been here for a few decades, yeah, there have been cycles like this before, of course, of and. Course. and it's partly because the video game industry is hit-driven, right? right? Like the movie right. industry. Right. They make a lot of games. They're expensive to make. They're gambling. there be hits. Most of them are not. Right. So those people lose their jobs, and right. then some people, like 
epic, right. get big wins. Sure. Well, in this particular case, they, they figured out a free-to-play mechanic that really drove growth and exploded revenues, and they're kind of expecting that growth to go on forever. This is the downside to this. Um, if I'm an adult and I play something like uh, Final Fantasy, uh, A New Realm, which is the most egregious pay-to-win game you will ever play in your entire life. I know people that have spent $40,000 on that game. What? I, I do. I swear. Adults. Adults. Yeah. If an adult Ooh. wants to make that bad choice. That's their bad choice. That's their bad choice, just like going Although to Vegas. We do know. most states restrict gambling not right. that's changing very rapidly right, thanks right, to the right. lottery um but so yeah isn't it parents jobs to keep their kids from doing this i mean it's not a hard thing to keep your kid from buying loot boxes it's very you hard give, you don't it's very hard. why is it hard you just don't give them purchase access how do they how are they buying stuff think of all the things as a parent you were able to prevent your children from doing <laughs> Well, the one thing is don't give them the gosh darn credit card. Okay, so they're not going to go down to the supermarket, the 7-Eleven, the Home Depot, or any other thing with an end cap that allows them to turn their cash into a credit card? I mean, well, I got. I have. I have raised a couple of creative little problem solvers. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure at some point, if they need to figure out how to get credit card access, my little campers are going to trot down. And, I think and loot boxes are a terrible thing. I don't I, think we should pass a federal law yeah. restricting loot boxes. This is this is the middle ground I would like to see. Um, if you're going to have loot box mechanics in the game, I think you should have to publish the odds. There you go. That's simple. Things. Just like you do in Vegas with slot machines. Right. That makes sense. And you sense. have a thing, little warning at the bottom that with a number for the uh, Game Addicts Hotline. And I would right. like to point out just okay. exactly how well that's done in limiting the amount of slot. I mean, I, mean, I, but I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being snarky. Everybody's so, got a family it's amazing. member like the, the who spent fortunes on, on the ponies at Absolutely. Santa Anita or the... Yeah. Greyhounds. Yeah. I would say about this, though, the, the reason that's important is because I, you literally have game developers that sit there and they have all the information, how right. often you log in, what you want to do. They will adjust the odds they on do. that. They have Which machines. is exactly the, the people that have the most yeah. control in, in Las Vegas casinos right. are the ones that manipulate the slot machines because right. that's where most of the revenue comes from. Of course, from. right. And it's like, it's like oh, I could have, you know, I could sat up doing, you know, uh, it, there's the word for the people that do the statistics for insurance companies. Um, like all of those people migrate. Actuaries. All right. the actuaries, the really insane ones, all migrated to casinos. But I'm with you. But it's also crazy when you think, like, people have paid... Like, I think play-to-win games or pay-to-win games are kind of a nightmare in general. kind of ruins gaming. Uh, I agree. And, uh, you know, Apple's, with its Arcade Plus, trying to create a new economy for games. Right, right. Um, I think there are responsible people. Stadia might be a solution as well, the Google solution. There are responsible people yeah. trying to trying to fix this. I don't know if Google's but trying I don't to think fix it. I just think they're trying to get away around Yeah, Steam in fact, I would argue Stadia is going to accelerate this is it? because yeah. you're not paying for it. So it's going to like What's the revenue source? They need mechanics. a revenue source. We need a revenue source. Well, yeah. you are paying because you'll probably have a monthly subscription, which will be divvied up. That's out. fair. That's, yeah. I mean, I, my, yeah. Microsoft has a similar thing with Game Pass. I mean, this is Sony yeah. does the same thing. But I'll, are... but I'll be honest with you. Like at this point, the number of of games on my phone I've stopped playing because I paid for a game and there's still advertisements. Yep. You know that at this point is just there's so much about 
game developers need to make money, they can't make enough money. It, it, you know, is it they can't make enough money off a single sale, or is it just too lucrative to not do the additional you know, stuff? It, the, po- look, mm. most people like Pokemon Go. I've probably spent a couple hundred bucks playing Pokemon Go, so but I got at husband. least yeah. at least that much value out of it yeah. over three years. I sure. really enjoyed yeah. the game. I don't feel like they extorted money out of me. I right. paid for things that made sense strategically. I got to level forty. I've deleted the game now because I did, and that was well. <laughs> you got to level forty. Well, once you get to, wow. that's the highest level. Once you're dead, no, I know. It's like, what's the point? That's impressive. Tell Frank I'm at 40. He'd be uh, very jealous. <laughs> wow. But as soon as Harry Potter Wizards Unite comes out, see, I'm just, I'm clearing the deck. It's, I'm clearing the deck because I'm ready. And adults. I will spend some, Should what I, play I you well, we're adults. Level 40? But I, huh? Should I play you hitting level 40? We've got a promo that's got that. Oh, I forgot. Let's watch. It was so much fun. Yeah. On Twitch. We got to play wait. a video. Oh! Okay. I am now level 40. <laughs> Congratulations, Leo. <laughs> now you've got to encase that phone in a block of Lucite <laughs> with like enough room for the power cords. You just keep it as a monument. Security now. Windows XP, Leo. Not Windows 8, not Windows 7, was patched last week. So you know something is worrying Microsoft deeply. While we have observed no exploitation of this vulnerability, this is Microsoft saying it is highly likely that malicious actors will write an exploit for this vulnerability. And now I have to say that I love the fact that the world is finally sitting up and taking sober responsibility for these sorts of problems. All about Android. Lenovo shared a video at a press event to show off renders of the as yet unannounced folding Moto Razor phone. What are you gaining from this fold? We are returning to the ability to effectively hang up angrily on someone. Yes. <laughs> right? Which ever since the emergence of the smartphone, you've never been able to go, fine, goodbye. Yes. Right? You know, now I can close that, I can close that uh, foldable oh. phone and hang up on someone that I'm angry at. Oh, that so, was so satisfying yeah. to do that. <laughs> Twit. You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the great Jim Cutler, our, uh, our VO guy. He's, a, he's great. Yeah, but once I got to level 40, they didn't show that. I deleted it. Wow. So I'm done. You saw, did you sell that on Perfect Pokemon? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, what is but, it? Pro, Pokemon Pro. So you can sell that account and people will buy it for $247. What? I swear to God. I swear I to God. I deleted it. What a fool You still I? have your account. Oh, yeah. But it's my Google account. I'm not selling you my Google account. <laughs> The hell with that. It's worth more than 247 bucks. See you in the parking lot. We'll do a deal. <laughs> Ask Frank what he's willing to pay. No, but the point was before the promo, the point was uh, I wouldn't, I'd be sad if I couldn't play some of those games of because it was governmentally regulated. I'd be sad if I couldn't drink. That was, look how well that went when we had sure. prohibition. Uh, have parents do their job and uh, maybe. Maybe put the odds on, but I don't think we could, we should ban that kind of stuff. That's I'm sorry. I think our industry could do a better job of informing parents about the tools that exist yes. to kind of limit these things. Exactly. There, and, I and there think are we tools. Failed. There are tools, but yeah. we're not doing well at communicating yeah. about them because it's bad for the bottom line exactly. in some cases. Right. Maybe. Yeah. And by the way, I wasn't joking when I said the World Health Organization has made gaming disorder a recognized illness. Classification will come effect January first, twenty twenty two. So get all get as much gaming in as you can <laughs> over the next two years. Ladies and gentlemen, what fun having Brianna Wu visit us in studio. Good luck.
When's the when's the primary? Uh, September twentieth. Secretary of State finally put that out next year. And what's the website to support you? You can go to supportbrianna.com. We were talking about call time earlier. Yeah. You know what the number one uh, like the number one people that donate to my campaign are because we've done analytics on this are people that watch your show. Can huh. support our campaign? All right, Twit Army, <laughs> assemble. Five dollars. That's all I ask. Brianna Wu for Congress, because don't you want somebody this smart sitting in Congress? And you don't have to be from Massachusetts Eighth District, no, no. You don't. But nope. if you are, vote and vote often. Come September <laughs> for Brianna Wu. All the best. It's great to see Thank you. you. Your brain is so big, so big. Patrick Norton. It's not the only thing. Is your brain is big? Everything about you is large. <laughs> Larger. I'm making this you a compliment. You should just walk away from this. <laughs> Hi, I host This Week in Computer Hardware with Sebastian Peake, Twitch Weekly Show that aims to bring you the most useful and helpful hardware news. And I also do AV Excel. That wonderful. about you is bigger than life. Okay, that's good. That's good. good right? That wasn't where you were. That was where I was headed. Okay. But you were sort of ambling about, and there was a it. hole and a cliff, and love we you, were all Patrick. fearing. He this is, is about to be a different show. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, man. Patrick Norton, This Week in Computer Hardware. Of course, Tech Thing, techthing.com. Support him, because you do this on Patreon. And yes. This is, oh. this is the kind of thing that we also really want to support, uh, is, is Patrick and his great shows. Thank you, Patrick. Thank if you. I support you on Patreon, will you look at my Oculus PC and tell me how to upgrade that? Absolutely. Like, go through all the... You don't even have to support. Just, right. just email. All right. Tweet at me. At you seem like you know more about processors than I do. So. He knows everything. Yes, but yeah. I can't code my way out of a paper bag. Well, just one tip. Yeah. If he comes to the house with a sledgehammer, <laughs> do not let him in. Okay. Just saying. Okay. Good advice for anyone. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. yeah, really, basically. Especially yeah. if you have horse hair plaster. Yes. Hey, look, Leo, if I show up at your door with a sledgehammer, it's probably because you did something. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Lock the door. Here comes Norton. Our show is uh, appears on the Twit Network every Sunday. Actually, we do it live. You're invited to join us live right after the radio show. So it's around 2.15, 2.30 p.m. Pacific. Let's make it 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern time. That way I could do the math. 2130 UTC. You can watch or listen live at twit.tv slash live. If you do that, be in the chat room, irc.twit.tv. That's where all the other people watching and listening live are hanging out. A bright bunch in there. We love the chat room. You can also get on-demand versions of everything we do in your uh, podcatcher. Easiest thing to do would be go to the website, twit.tv, download the show you want, or click one of those buttons at the bottom there and add it to your favorite podcast application. That way you get it automatically the minute it's available. If you want to be in the studio audience, we had a great studio audience today from all over the world, Australia and New Jersey and St. Louis and Nashville and Pomona. So thank you all for being here. Phoenix, too. If you want to be in studio, just email tickets at twit.tv because I hate – every once in a while I get a story. We came, but you weren't there, and they didn't let us in, and we just took a picture outside. If you email, we'll let you know if if, if we're open because sometimes we're, we're closed for the holiday stuff yeah. like that. We're like we're going to be closed tomorrow because uh, of Memorial Day. I hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day yeah. weekend. I hope you, uh, you celebrate by remembering uh, your loved ones who served uh, our nation in the, the best way possible. Yeah. We really appreciate it, and um, we'll see you next time. Another twit is this in the can. It's amazing. Bye. Doing the twit.